Hey y'all, Rick Houston here, and I want to tell you about my new show, the Moonshine and Motorsports Racing Podcast. I've partnered up with the state of North Carolina Department of Natural and Cultural Resources to help uncover the history behind moonshining mountain boys, professional wheelmen, and the backwoods and city lights of the Tar Heel State. In the first episode, I sat down with Winston Kelly at the NASCAR Hall of Fame for a little behind-the-scenes gossip about Junior Johnson's engineering skills. He's got two things in his hand, pipe wrench and channel lock pliers, and they weren't new. They had been been around the block a time or two. What the first deal they built, I bet. No, no, you know, I think they were, the the pliers had been red before, but paint had worn off. And in the second episode, I talked to a professional hillbilly, a.k.a. Dr. Daniel Pierce of UNC Asheville, to find out the real history of moonshiners and their battles with the revenuers. He wrote about one of his experience of trying to chase down this uh, this bootlegger and this this souped up car, and he he complained that the government gave him these piece of crap, cheapo cars, and that, that were really no match. But he thought he was doing pretty good, and then the guy just hits it and just takes off and practically disappears. But then the guy makes a bootleg turn uh, and comes back towards him. And as he said, it was a game of chicken, and I was the chicken. And so he ran off the road. And actually, he was the guy who, who caught Junior Johnson at his daddy's steal when Junior got tangled up in a, in a barbed wire fence. So check out the Moonshine and Motorsports Racing Podcast, available on YouTube, DailyDownForce.com, and all of your favorite podcasting platforms. And be sure to check out my regular show on NASCAR history, the Scene Vault Podcast. Hey there, NASCAR fans. Have you got your copy of the latest edition of NASCAR Pole Position Print Magazine? If not, there's no better time than now to subscribe at PolePositionMag.com. NASCAR Pole Position is the only print magazine covering NASCAR. Officially licensed by NASCAR, NASCAR Pole Position Magazine is published throughout the NASCAR season, and each edition is an instant collector's item. Backed with great feature stories and photography. The magazine is even mailed to you in a poly bag for those who love to collect NASCAR memorabilia. At PolePositionMag.com, you can even find past issues available to purchase. Get your subscription to NASCAR Pole Position and get great NASCAR content delivered straight to your mailbox throughout the season. Learn more at PolePositionMag.com. That's PolePositionMag.com. Eric Estep here. One of my favorite parts of being a NASCAR fan is collecting diecasts. It's how I got my start on YouTube, actually. To me, a room is not complete until it features shelves of NASCAR diecast cars. It's as good a time as ever to continue your collection or begin an all-new one by pre-ordering your favorite driver's 2022 next-gen diecast at LionelRacing.com or at any authorized Lionel retailer. Lionel is the official diecast of NASCAR, and don't miss Lionel Racing's NASCAR Authentics diecasts at a Walmart or Target near you. Not only is Lionel the official diecast of NASCAR, but they're also official supporters of the Out of the Groove Podcast Network. So what are you waiting for? Head to LionelRacing.com to order your favorite driver's 2022 diecast.
Green, green, green. Holy moly. Kick off! Yeah! This guy. Thank you! Hell yeah. Great job, man. Now we got a crash. Cars spinning left and right. Buddy, let her rip. Rain like hell, baby. Come on. Oh my god, guys. Yes. Yes. Unbelievable. You guys are the best. Yes, 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 yes. Oh, what a year. What's going on guys? It's your boy Darian Gilliam aka Black Flags Matter back for another edition of the NASCAR Weekly Podcast on BFM. We have our usual panel and once again for the only the second time on my channel, no guests today, but this was this is a good enough race to talk about just on our own. So let's get right into it. Eric, you start us off here. So, Gateway, the inaugural Cup Series Gateway race, is officially in the books. I had tweeted some stuff about, like, eh, people's expectations might have been a little bit too high, but now that has aged poorly. So, why don't you start us off? Uh, what were your initial thoughts on the Gateway Cup Series race? I'll go quick, because I want to hear from the two people who are at the race this weekend. But oh, yeah. on TV, and I'm sure you can speak to this as well, Darian, but on TV, uh, the place looked packed. Like the, and Fox made good use of those wide angles of the crowd, not a not a space, not a glint of bleacher silver in the crowd. It was pretty gorgeous to see on that main front stretch, especially packed grandstands. They said it sold out 57,000 seats roughly. Uh, so that was great. The entire St. Louis market seemed to roll out the red carpet for NASCAR this weekend. They had driver autograph sessions downtown earlier in the weekend. Uh, they had the hauler parade right outside of Bush Stadium in St. Louis. They right. Kyle Bush's hauler. <laughs> yeah, I saw that clip. Yeah. Like, who, who's a hauler? No, I, yeah, but, I know. I've never seen that. Um, but I know I thought the city really, um, really adopted the entire event and made it feel like a huge, huge deal. We need more cities to do that. And I think a couple of drivers mentioned this, but you know, I didn't realize to look at the map, how close gateway the track is to the city. Like it's technically on the, on the um, Illinois side uh, across the rivers, I guess, but it's, it's still very close it's to right downtown. by the, uh, the Cardinal stadium, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, Cardinal stadium is like right in downtown. I think it's, it's just, it's just across the river okay. from what I can tell on the I, map. I think so. when when we left the Speedway on Saturday, we were, we went and actually like checked out St. Louis, went and saw the Arch, went and had some barbecue. Literally, I think the first exit we got off of to be at St. Louis was right where Rams used to play. So that's oh, that, that's that, that, that that's kind of how in relation to us. Like we went over Mississippi River and then boom, Ram Stadium. You guys are so lucky. See, I'm a diehard Rams fan, and even back when they were in St. Louis. So one thing I know about the city of St. Louis, they love their sports and obviously their motorsports as well. So yeah, but you guys were actually there, Danny B talks and the Iceberg Berg, hey, AK Jared, Iceberg. Oh my gosh, I'm already messing up. Yeah, back to uh, back to 2018 form already. But Jared, you start us off, man. Just like, what was your thoughts on the race and uh, what was it like in person? Uh, it was nice to uh, get away, like once getting into the track, get away from all the Cardinals crap outside. <laughs> Go Cubs. Um, so I was pleasantly surprised by all the racing this weekend. You know, Gateway. It, it everyone compared it to Phoenix. I always kind of thought at the same time, it looked a lot like uh, uh, New Hampshire with the racing. And, and I feel like it, it was like a mid, you know, to late two thousands, New Hampshire race in the sense that there was good racing. You could move up the track. You didn't need to put stuff down, and, you know, drivers, no tinted windows this time to no tinted people. windows, <laughs> no tinted windows. Um, and, and what what I like too is that you know and, and I can't I don't know if the the 
broadcast brought it up, but I know that they brought it up in the media center about how um, Kyle Bush and Joey Logano were using different shifting patterns mm-hmm. and different lines, you know, going, yeah. So like going down just to fourth and then back to fifth or going all the way to third and then back up to fifth. And I thought it was, um, I thought it was pretty interesting that it really became a full on driver's track during the race. Um, and, and I was surprised just how good the racing was. Cause I, I knew going into it, I'm like, eh, all right, if this is like just a mid race, I'll be happy. It should be a success. Um, but the racing was good. Eric, like you said, the crowd was good for both races. It was good. They actually, unlike previous years, they opened up the turn one and two grandstands for the truck race. Wow. So wow. It was like, I, I want to say, I think like when we, you know, doing like the estimates, it was like between 20 and 25,000 at the truck race. That's pretty um, good. That's yeah. Pretty good. That's and really good. so it was, um, I gotta, I gotta say, I was, I was really impressed. The lines were about the only thing that was bad there, but the traffic pattern stuff was good by like, I, you could see the traffic during the tweet up and it was actually moving a ton. There was no, you know, Carmageddon. So um, it wasn't, I was impressed. It, 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 so it basically wasn't Kentucky 2011. No, it, it was backed up, but it was moving. Yeah, yeah. Better, way better than Kentucky, better than Nashville last year as far as traffic went. So I, I was originally worried about that because of the whole prepaid parking thing. But even then, like for the parking lot we were in, there was still a lot more parking spots available in that lot, at least I noticed. Good to know. I, I know at Texas for the all-star race, it took an hour to get out of the parking lot there. Mm-hmm. So if Texas is having issues with traffic, I think gateway probably handled it as well as you can. <laughs> now, again, I don't know how it was leaving because what we do is it's, it usually takes me about an hour or more after the race to get all my videos uploaded. I'm going to do. So by the time I'm out, the traffic's already gone anyways, but people did stick around after the race though, for that concert, they didn't just leave immediately. Uh, who was the who was the Nelly. concert for? Oh, Nelly, Nelly, that's right, because he's, he's <laughs> well, that, that's that right. was that was Saturday, but after the cup race, they had another one. I think it was Old oh, Dominion okay. was one of the uh, highlight they, bands. They they were all like bands that were like at their peak twenty years yeah, ago. Yeah, like Nelly, stuff. Nelly hasn't been like yeah, he peaked in like the uh, early two thousands. It was he's, cool. from, he's from St. Louis though, so that's why. It was cool though. Before like I got there around like about. 10 o'clock actually funny story uh when i was on the way to the track i I called danny i had stopped and i'm like hey i'm gonna be there a little late and i'm like and i'm like i swear i have a good reason he's like yeah what's up like like this ford i don't know if it was a torch i don't know i don't know what type it was but i just remember seeing ford it blew its left rear right in front of me and i had to like basically avoid crashing into it because it spun into the median and nearly flipped oh wow so, so the the entire day was crazy for me. You, you remember that clip at Texas, Darian, where like Biffle is like not spinning, spinning, not spinning, mm-hmm. and Junior's like trying to get around. That was me on the interstate next to a semi. <laughs> um, but it worked out because when I got there, I actually got to walk over and pet one of the Budweiser Clydesdales. Oh yeah, they had them so there cool. on the straightaway. Yeah. Oh, it was it was awesome seeing them go by, and I, it's like you don't realize how huge they are until you see them in person. So that was, that was really cool. But I got to say, I, I was really impressed um, by how the track put on a good show for the fans. Uh, how everything for the most part was laid out really well uh, inside the track, like behind pit road, they had old uh, different stock cars from the past. Um, one of them had Winston and stuff on that. It's amazing. They managed to get that by, uh, but there was a Dale Earnhardt one. There was the M&M's Ken Schrader car, the 36. It was, it was really cool to see. Um, I, was, I was impressed.
best. It, it wasn't Winston. It was a Ken Schrader skull car. That's what it was. Oh, skull. Well, they had they had like the Winston stickers and everything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All, but I was I was surprised how they got all that by. And like, what was it you pointed out, Danny? It was like something like it was tobacco. It, yeah. <laughs> uh, on the back of the skull car it said u.s tobacco so literally sponsored by the u.s tobacco like legislation oh wow i love that but but yeah i i just i wanted to put that out there because we've talked about before when there's new tracks and we're at it and stuff they do right and wrong and a lot of times there's been stuff tracks have been wrong before but i think like putting that positive uh stuff out there that they did right was really cool to see um and i and i think we should put that out there but the racing itself mm-hmm. that's what i was man. gonna i was gonna segue into so like the racing product that's a whole other different story and eric you saw us off your initial thoughts on the racing product for the cup series at gateway yeah broadly speaking um i kind of agree with your assessment i hadn't thought about it like this jared but it did kind of race like new hampshire now at new hampshire they require grip strips in those first and third lanes or maybe just the third lane to get that groove wide and here they didn't require any of that to my knowledge and uh the groove widened out very naturally very organically and i think that saved the racing because it was really really hard to pass uh after about six laps you know removed from a restart but partially due to all the shifting like but those just, restarts though some drivers were down shifting twice getting into i think turn one and then later on they figured out maybe there's a better way to do it but like all the shifting makes it harder to pass because it makes it easier to catch yourself after making a mistake so that was difficult but the restarts like you said Darren, were um outstanding i did not expect that much passing four wide throwing it in there i think they were uh, even re- retaliation at, at one point i think at one point in yeah. the back of the pack yeah they were five wide for mm-hmm. some reason and uh more often than not they made it work or if they didn't make it work it led to you know shenanigans that fans got to cheer for and, and it was a good time so I, I thought the racing was a hard a little hard to pass maybe a tiny bit harder to pass than you'd like to see but not not bad yes. uh, well i was surprised by the absolute craziness and drama on the track uh um, yeah we can talk that about that had. Yeah. like yes and i think that, that being hard to pass uh instigated this all you know i and i think that it's kind of in a way i I hate comparing it to all these different tracks but it kind of in a way is like how it is at martinsville where at martinsville you know it's hard to pass you have basically one and a half lanes to use and you got to get into people and that's sort of what started happening a lot i noticed i don't know if they showed too much of the back of the pack but in the back of the pack there was a ton of beating and banging and people trying to move each to other Fox's out of the way. credit, I'm, I was I was like kind of shocked. Like they did show some mid some midfield racing there. They showed a decent amount. I think they missed some of the contact Ross Chastain mm-hmm. made with people that we didn't like. He apparently he ran into a lot of people, mm-hmm. and a few of them I've heard named. Uh, I don't think we saw on TV. They must have happened mid or backpack. Yeah, there's a whole lot did, more. He did say after the race he owed half of the field an apology. So he that knew he, he knew he got into more than just uh, the other two. Yeah, Ch- uh, Fox showed us maybe two or three incidents. Uh, it sounds like there are a couple more notable ones dude it was it was i i just i wouldn't have thought that this was the track that we'd see ross chastain bring denny hamlin and chase elliott fans together and, yeah. and rooting for the same those cause. are two fan bases that have went at each other for a long time now, and then they united, united for alliance. one night only they're an alliance now too and and what was crazy about that is i had never seen i and i mean call me out if i'm wrong here like was that the first ever like double tag team in NASCAR history? Like where two drivers go after one at the same time? No, I think we've seen situations like that before. Uh, at the same time, at the same like on one, on well, the same well, turn. Well, I don't know. Yeah. Well, the closest thing I can think of, to my knowledge, is uh, 
what was it, uh, Brad Kozlowski, and then Harvick come up to him, and then that that set him off into Gordon, and that started that fight. Uh, that's one of the few. Oh, I guess that's true. Yeah, when after the race, uh, Harvick pushed Kozlowski yeah, towards Gordon. Yeah. I guess that that's a like, somewhat true. Yeah. But as far as like on track stuff, I've never seen like me personally. I've never seen like two guy two guys in the same turn, two drivers try and just go for one. Like like Chase Elliott got into him at first, and then Denny Hamlin was on the on the back stretch, just like trying to block him, and and then. I felt bad for BJ McLeod. Like he's just driving his own race yeah, in the point, in yeah. the in the back, and all of a sudden he's. He, he, I think he came over to radio and said, "Like those those two need to like settle down. I'm not about this crap." But I'm it was trying to run my race. It wasn't just like Chastain and Ham- like like it seemed like a whole like a lot of the field was just getting into it like with each other. Like and then Hamlin like saw Bubba Wallace get dumped by Stenhouse, and then he went up to you know over he drove over to Stenhouse's car. And- <laughs> no, <laughs> Hamlin just became the hall monitor he out did. there. He was he was either no. wrangling. Chastain, I, or he was going after his ten house. I, I do, I do got to say this. Uh, I, I, I see why Chase Elliott was mad at Ross Chastain, but the situation that happened there, what I saw at least, looked like it was more like, I think uh, Dylan kind of squeezed Chastain a little bit there, and they kind of just kind of all squeezed together. It looked more like a racing deal on that one. Mm-hmm. The Denny Hamlin thing, though, that was definitely more on Chastain. Yeah, yeah. I, I think if the Hamlin thing hadn't happened and it was just the Chase Elliott incident, I don't think we're having this conversation. I think. Everyone knows Chastain has a reputation for maybe sticking his nose where it doesn't belong, where nobody expects it to be. And that was kind of what was happening on that restart. But yeah, I'm with you, Danny. The actual contact to me was really instigated by either Dylan, Elliot, or, or both, quite frankly. Chastain just, just maybe shouldn't have been there. Just, just squeezed together. And then I'm sure all the other spotters who are already paying attention to Ross yeah, but Chastain. After, after the Hamlin incident, you yeah, know, after he, the wasn't, ham- he wasn't going to get any slack for it. He didn't get the benefit of the doubt no. after the Hamlin deal. Because that one, yeah, that was just Chastain. I know Larry McReynolds, I don't know if you guys heard this, but on the broadcast, Larry McReynolds came over and said, you know, just to, you know, Chastain was hard on the brakes, according to the SMT, right before he hit Hamlin. So I don't think he intentionally tried to wreck Hamlin to the wall. I think he intentionally either chose to drive in really hard or he intentionally tried to bump Hamlin because he had been battling for a long time, trying to get by, was getting frustrated. And to me, once you commit to making an aggressive move, whatever happens is on you. And so it was his fault that Chast- that Hamlin got up into the fence and effectively had his day ruined. So Hamlin being mad at Chastain, to me, 100% justified. Now, now we can debate this. Everything Hamlin did to Chastain throughout the rest of the race, I mean, did it go too far? Did it ever cross no, the I line? No, I don't think it went too far. I see, don't think so. This is this is something we don't see very often is, is basically he just he sent a message. I mean, that's all he really did. Um, people likened it to when I think Dale Jr. and Kurt Busch got into each other in 2000 at Rockingham where like, Junior just stuck on Bush's bumper for 40 laps. It's basically the inverse version of what Hamlin did. And you know what? He didn't crash him. You know, he didn't he didn't do anything. Chastain still finished eighth. Yeah. Yeah. So so got top ten. So Eric, I'll just I'll just put it like this. Basically, your boy Matt Kenseth, you know, your favorite driver of all time, he basically like set the like, so as long as you don't do that, (laughs) you're good basically yeah well there's a chance that he might still do it because hamlin was talking this week that that he he'll he'll remember this for another day whenever he chooses and i perhaps that could be the championship four race you know a good time to pay him back perhaps and and i don't think i don't think it even has to go that far like because i i don't think that hamlin is even whatsoever with Chastain. Had he slowed him down to the point that he got taken off the track for not yeah, the minimum the DVP, speed, yeah, yeah, then I think it would be even. But I, I'll, I'll say, like, you know what? If if at Martinsville he walls Chastain, like where he just hits him, doors him into the wall, mm-hmm. sort of what Chase Elliott did to him at Phoenix, 
I think it's warranted. And I, I, I mean, I Chastain said the same, basically. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, and, I, I think if he, if he plows pile drives into him, then yeah, that's probably too far. And like you said, with the Kenseth thing, he might get suspended. But no, yeah, I'm with you. If he just rubs into him a little bit, roughs him up here and there, maybe a little spin at Martinsville or Richmond in the playoffs. I, fans are going to be mad because fans love to pile on Denny Hamlin anytime he steps a toe out of line. But I think it'll be justified, or at least you know we can all say we can't say we didn't see it coming. I suppose he's certainly given us plenty of advanced warning. Yeah. Uh, now I will say I I appreciate his uh, control on that whole situation because at one point they were going down the back straightaway and you know when, when he when he had him basically he had Chastain in a situation where he could have turned him and sent him flying into the wall but he chose not to do that. Yeah, and and I gotta say like I give Chastain credit. I know that it doesn't you know change anything, but. Unlike Joey Logano, which I'm just going to say now, Joey Logano is the polar opposite in this situation of Chastain. He'd be like, well, you know what? It's just fine. It's the same to me. Um, Oddly but, enough, he, he won the race. Yeah. Um, but I give him credit that at least he has awareness yeah, <laughs> to, to be like, okay, I screwed up. He definitely has self-awareness. That's one thing. But is he actually going to go through with it and kind of, you know, that just down his... His that just depends on the, the conversations that they have these next few weeks. Yeah, well, so. let's ask Justin Marks. It's just <laughs> tough. It's he it goes so deep. He's been doing this for years. I I just for some reason I have a vivid memory. I was at Talladega 2020 watching the truck race. He was up front making a lot of aggressive blocks. And I told my dad on pit road, I said, Chastain's gonna cause a wreck. Not two laps later, sure. he <laughs> caused a wreck. So this has been going on for years and years. And sometimes it works out great. He's won some truck races. He's now won some cup races. But many uh, times it pisses people off. So uh, it, it goes way too deep. I don't think he can just flip a switch and stop doing it. I think it's going to be a long process to becoming less aggressive. I remember 2020 Daytona 500 watching him go ballistic on the apron and cause a big wreck at yep. the 500. Mm, yep. <laughs> Yep, I don't know where that move was going. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, I guess that comes from basically, like, you know, he was the underdog. He was driving for un- for underfunded teams for most of his career up to this point, and now, you know, he had to basically claw and scratch to get that car inside the top 10 or top 15. And now, I mean, he's been doing it for years, and now you're with a top team, and it's like, well, I mean, I, I got here for a reason, so it's like, do I stop or whatever? So that's going to be the next challenge. It's, it, it's, it's going to get him some – it's going to get him some enemies like that, but also – that's how he won his first race. Yeah. I think, you know, it looked like Bowman was going to cruise into that one. But if he hadn't hit Almondinger and then he hit Bowman, he doesn't win that one. But also, if, if like, he had just if he just laid over and let Almondinger push him around there, he would have lost there. So, yeah. But one of y'all mentioned Justin Marks a second ago. It's tough. We're all saying that maybe he should change his attitude a little bit or maybe not. Justin Mark says his driver did nothing wrong. Yeah. He says Chastain did zero wrong at Gateway, which I I think is I don't think I don't you know, know about all that. He's sticking up for his driver, yeah. but if he actually believes he didn't do anything wrong, then I, yeah, he's he's not watching the same race. <laughs> he's but just, I he's understand just sticking, sticking up for his driver. Yeah, but like up. if he talks to Justin, he may go talk to Chastain's going to talk to Hamlin or try to talk to Hamlin. He may try to talk to Chase Elliott, and maybe they come to some sort of understanding. But if he has his own team owner saying, "Don't change, don't change, whatever you do, keep your foot in it, don't change," like I I, I don't see this change. I mean, that's your team. That's I, your boss. I think what I saw Justin Mark essentially saying was more like, "Hey, man, look, we both own cars out here. Let's not re- let's not go out of our way to wreck each other's cars." Yeah, let's wreck the other field's car. No, okay, no, we don't want to see wrecked cars. But yeah, no. But either way, absolutely entertaining. But uh, you know, amongst um, amongst all of the chaos, though, we had a winner. Joey Logano once again wins another inaugural Cup Series race at a new track. I mean, what, what's- miss. 
Mr. Second this year alone. Yeah. Mr. Mr. Inaugural, we can last call him that. Year, last year, Dirt Bristol. This year, the LA Coliseum for the Clash. And now the inaugural Gateway Cup race. Is, is, is there other inaugural races, Hayes one? I don't know. I mean, like, I mean, we haven't really had three. that many before yeah. 2021. Yeah, I guess. So, like, I guess he's, you know, he's won three so far, and I guess he's going to win more as we add uh, some new races as the year. I love, I love, I tweeted something about that, and I had like a bunch of Elliot fans actually Elliot won on the road course ones. And I'm just like, oh my God. Okay, dude, but like, that has nothing I know to do has three of the last six. <laughs> One time does not equal three. Yeah. No, he, he won, um, didn't he win two inaugural races? Uh, 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 well, yeah. Uh, yeah. It, yeah, I just... He I won Road American this. Coda. Oh, <laughs> yeah. that's right. Okay, but Logano's have been all different tracks, so... Yeah. I just love... The other one I, I saw someone put, they were like, he just won on short tracks. He can't win on road courses. It's like... <laughs> oof. It's still what, a win. Are the, who, who cares? Who cares? A win's a win. Elliot fans are done feuding with Hamlin fans. So they got to move on to Logano yeah. fans. <laughs> no, they got to they got to fight with somebody. That's they got to find they got to find like the third or fourth uh, fan base to flip off at Martinsville this October. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I, I'm just I, taking I, I'm just taking great. it. A little. I, I, w- I will say this: during driver instruction this weekend, Logano, Kyle Busch, and Hamlin all received the most booze during driver introductions. <laughs> I was surprised. I think Larson actually was like really close to Elliot with cheers. Like it was surprising. And surprisingly, Kevin Harvick got a ton of cheers this weekend. Well, he's won he, 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 well, he it's like he was very well liked there mm-hmm. specifically for some reason. It's Bush, Bush, Bush Anheuser Bush is Bush. there. Maybe that's why. Uh, oh, my, my, it was all it was corporate maybe. people. I don't know. <laughs> I piped in the crowd noise. I paid for that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Maybe that's got something to do with it. But. You know, like we talked about, you know, the front runner so far, but you know, let's talk about a specific mid, a a, a very specific midfield finish. Uh, Zane Smith was called in to replace Chris Busher last minute, um, and he ended up finishing P seventeen, the same number as the car he was driving. So, I mean, Zane Smith um, for you know coming in last minute for his Cup Series debut really not only outperforms his owner, but, uh, you know, a large portion of the field as well. So, I mean, um, Eric, what's off with you? I mean, what what were uh, your thoughts on that? You can go ahead, Danny. What were you going to say? I I was just going to say it just kind of felt weird to even have a driver having missed because of COVID. We haven't seen that in – yeah. Did, we, did, did, did we see it at all last year in the Cup Series? I can't remember. It's probably like one or two. Maybe, it might have yeah. been. I'm trying to think. I know Austin Dillon missed race, but that was 2020. Like the, know, the last Jimmy one. Did. The last one I remember was was Jimmy and Austin Dillon. I don't remember any last year specifically. I don't know if there are any last year. But Chris Busher will be back at Sonoma. It sounds like so. That's yeah. good news. Glad he's he's okay. Um, but Zane Smith absolutely was impressive. Um, he went into the weekend and was pretty ob- honest. He wasn't going to go in and try to overdrive the car. He even said, like, I haven't earned the right to race like a, like an asshole out here. Like, I'm going to go out, keep my car as clean as possible. I'm going to try and finish on the lead lap, run all the laps, and uh, and see what happens. Uh, this is an amazing opportunity, blah, blah, blah. And it, since that was the goal, I think he well exceeded the goal. He was on the lead lap all day. There were a lot of cautions. That made it a little easier, but – as you mentioned, Darian, he ran as well, or in many cases outperformed his boss, his team owner, mm-hmm. Brad, Brad Keselowski. So a top 20 in an RFK car at, you know, kind of a difficult short track with a lot of shifting, a lot of unknowns. That's extremely impressive for Zane Smith, who's the winningest truck series driver so far this year. And I think we know about his deal with Chip Ganassi that got nixed because they got bought, but you know, he is 
on every Cup Series team's radar right now, every Xfinity Series team's radar. He he is due for a, a promotion um, probably by next season. And this Cup Series tryout, albeit one week, one race at a new venue, I, I think was was pretty impressive. I think that if people weren't paying attention to Zane Smith already, they are now. And don't forget, he had to overcome adversity in the race too. He had that pit road. He got spun on pit road. Yeah, maybe he might have spun himself. I, I, don't I think he got. Exactly I, I think he got. He either um, downshifted a little too early and spun, or he got clipped it, a little bit. I think he got bumped or somebody, but it might have been his yeah. fault. I don't remember the incident. I, I would say there's a good chance that the people at Ford and RFK are going to remember this and keep it on their radar. You know, I don't know where Michael McDowell stands at this point in his career. I know he's been around for a while, but if he looks at retirement or anything last minute, you know, Saint Smith could be a good option to go into that seat. And not to completely change the subject, but I wouldn't even limit it to Ford. If we're talking about Zane Smith's future, I mean, kids a free agent. Money is money. Opportunity is opportunity. He's not loyal. We've seen Noah Gregson's change manufacturers. William Byron's change manufacturers. Haley Dingen's change manufacturers. These these twenty year olds, eighteen year olds, they're not really loyal to any one manufacturer. You go where the opportunity takes you, where you have the funding. So, I mean, we'll talk about Martin Truex later. Joe Gibbs Racing. That I, I wouldn't be shocked if we see Zane Smith potentially jump. He's been with Chevy. He's now with Ford. He could end up with Toyota in the next year or two. I wouldn't be shocked by that either. Yeah, definitely possible. Yeah, yeah I, 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 I would say, I mean, he could even be in the 17 next year because Chris Buescher is – not impressed whatsoever. He's yeah, actually done a lot worse this year he than he did last year. Yeah, I, I thought, you know, when he first signed with Rouse Racing, I'm like, okay, he's going to leave, you know, Brad Doherty's team. He'll probably do a lot better here, but he just hasn't. And then he was, he was a playoff viable driver last year. Yeah. Like at this time, on that last stage year, at Miami. <laughs> at this time last year, Chris Busher, you know, 14 races in, of course, you know, not 15 because of everything. But if you compare 14 races in last year, he was 14th in the in the playoff grid. He was well in there. And then, of course, you know, he didn't get a win. Other guys did whatever. But it's like now you look at him and he's an afterthought. I mean, he's he's basically running, you know, in the 20s every week. So, I, I want to look this up just to be sure. In fairness to Chris Busher, he is performing better than Brad Keselowski mm-hmm. in the same equipment. And I think mm-hmm. you could just argue that RFK has completely missed it with the next gen to start the year and the cars just aren't as good as last year. But yeah, I mean, to your point, he hasn't impressed, but I also, I wonder if there's nothing they're too impressed with. <laughs> I don't know. I just, you see, I would try with the younger driver. You see how Zane Smith did this week. He ran just the same as Chris Busher did with less experience. Yeah, I, I'd say give, give him a shot. I mean, you know, at this point, Busher's kind of at this point a journeyman driver, if anything, whereas Zane Smith is someone who's proved proven himself in the truck series and had deal a deal lined up in the cup series before. I guess I just look at, honestly, I look at Zane Smith. Maybe I'm bullish on Zane Smith, but I feel like he can get a better deal than Roush. Oh, he could. I just, I don't think if I'm him, I'd settle for for no. a Roush Fenway ride, given what we've seen this year. But maybe if that's all that's available, you know, yeah. Sure, now, I saw know. somebody comment on uh, one of my tweets after the race talking about, damn, that Zane Smith start was just like, it kind of reminded me of Matt Kenseth's debut. I'm like, yo, I'm like, whoa, whoa. Matt no, Kenseth, no. I'm like, bro, I'm like, no, Matt Kenseth's <laughs> debut, like when he drove Bill Elliott's 94 at, at Dover and, I think it was 98, 1998, I believe. He finished yeah. in the freaking top 10, and, and he was running, Sixth. Like, he was running P2 he was running top, at, at, he was, at yeah. one point. Yeah, I'm like, top five. it wasn't up to that level, but it was still a very decent, you know, for the circumstances. Oh, no, yeah. Zane Smith's great debut, not Matt yeah. Kenseth level. Uh, let's think, just, let's just end there. <laughs> they just had the 17 nostalgia. I think that's what that yeah, was. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, for sure. But, um, but uh, speaking of the point situation, though, 
the playoff cut line. Um, so all these um, drivers are, are within one race of each other. Um, 11 races to go before the playoffs are set. In P14, Christopher Bell, plus 57 to the good. P15, Eric Amarola, plus 8. P16, uh, Tyler Reddick, plus 2. 17th, Kevin Harvick, minus 2. 18th, Eric Jones, minus 26. And finally, Austin Dillon, 19th, minus 29. So Eric Amarola, Tyler Reddick, Eric Jones, all having spectacular runs uh, during the race, really um, has busted this um, wide open again, too. I mean, like it was um, looking like a couple uh, of guys were looking to run away with it, but it's wide open again. I know our chat has to be very happy about uh, Harvick being 17th yeah, right now. As much as our chat doesn't like Harvick most of the time, they have to they have to really be excited about that. But also, I mean, it's like, whoa, like, Storehouse Racing, man, like, this was supposed to be their year, like, you know, their comeback year and stuff. And, like, granted, you know, like, I feel like most Cup Series teams would love to have, you know, two or three of their of their cars, you know, competing for a playoff spot. But based on Stuart Haase, um, um, uh, based on their past seasons, this just... Uh, they're well, just not back, totally back yet. I'll put, I'll put it in perspective. Um, the last time Kevin Harvick was outside of the playoff or chase, like, was 13 years ago. Like, there, there, are, there are kids watching NASCAR and probably watching this show who weren't born the last time Harvick was actually in real danger <laughs> of missing the playoffs or That's chase. That's crazy, man. That's crazy like, to think about. And again, he hasn't won in quite some time either. So. No, no, and I, and I, I just look. I, sorry, I look at the people behind him. Even like he's seventeenth. He's over. He's already out, mm-hmm. and the two guys immediately behind him. Eric Jones had a shot at winning this race. He's on the come up. <laughs> uh, Austin Dillon. He he had a shot at winning uh, a couple weeks ago at um where did they race Charlotte. He was made that big move before the big wreck at the at the end there. So uh, Harvick is is not safe. And this weekend, Eric Almarola had, I think he had a top five and uh, Tyler Reddick. I don't know where he finished, but I know he got a lot of stage points, I think in stage one and, and Christopher Bell's on the up and up. Harvick's going to keep sliding at this rate. I, I, it's just, I I don't know what it is. If it's, you know, an older driver, not able to figure out the next gen as quick as some of the young guys. If it's just SHR still isn't that good and is only capable of putting maybe one or or two good cars on track a week. Or Harvick's just getting old. I mean, it happens. Well, that's older. You just, yeah, I think it's safe to say Harvick's not at his peak anymore, but I don't think he's falling off a cliff he just won he won like 10 races less than two years ago he can't be off off a cliff yet i don't know i mean i'm I'm looking at some of the numbers here harvick has seven top tens in 15 races so his average his average finish isn't it like 13th or something yeah which which is bad for harvick but i mean still decent that's like true that's the same average finish truex has this year i look at looking at some of the others on the cut line i mean he has more top tens than reddick does he has more top tens and top fives than al marola does i mean uh, everyone aside from Christopher Bell on that cut line, he's out running. It's just that he can't close it out at this point. Um, I see. My thing is, I still don't trust Eric Almarola. I know he's plus eight, but he yeah. he's he's getting like he's rising up because of the misfortune of others. Like it's not because of his own performance. I know he did well this week. But this is like a first in a while kind of thing. Yeah, like he was running in the top five. I was like, "Whoa, is that right?" Like he's not a the I, first car. I think it, like he was running inside the top threes for. I think I, I think it just fits into his driving style. Is all. I mean, we we, we saw him obviously win uh, New Hampshire last year. So I think it's just one of those. It just fits him better. 
Yeah, I, I just going back to Harvick because I mean that's the big name out. I mentioned Jones and Dylan, but there's even guys we didn't even mention. Suarez is like 20th, 21st in points, and he's capable of winning almost any week, it seems. Bubba Wallace, watch out for him. We got two more super speedways before the playoffs. Michael McDowell has been really good lately. He's and we've leading. still got like we've got like four more road courses before the playoffs. So and I, two I just, super speedways. I, I think Harvick's gonna have to win a race to make the playoffs. And and honestly, I think the same could be said about Eric Almarola, Tyler Reddick. Maybe he sneaks in if he can finally start to close some of these races out he's had the speed but i don't know it's just as someone in the chat said you know know, we said the same thing about jimmy johnson in 2018 that there's no way he could fall off a cliff that suddenly apparently he did i I don't know maybe harvick's gone down the similar path i I don't know i'm not gonna say yeah i'm not gonna rush it that's the chat saying that but you know it it just also feels like we might be at the point where shr needs to cut the ties with ford because when they cut ties of Chevy, I feel like they were still good with Chevy. All their cars, aside from Danica, all their cars were, were, were winning. Um, but now they're in a place where it seems like, you know, Harvick's going to do decent, but Briscoe's the only one who can legitimately go out and contend week in, week out right now. I mean, uh, Cut Custer, you, you barely know he's out there. Yeah, I mean, you could also make the case that, like, the driver lineup might be what's holding them back for the most part. I mean, aside from Chase Briscoe, it's like, I mean, the only, uh, I mean, like Harvick, like, yeah, you know, he'll, you know, run consistently, you know, inside, you know, like the uh, the midfield from time to time. Then, yes, he'll get a top 10, top five here and there, but it's just not up to the level he used to be. And then Amarola's about to leave. And then, like you just said, Danny, Cole Custer. I mean, Zane Smith outperformed Cole Custer in his debut with like, you know, on a last minute notice, you know, like. I I don't, I don't know how close that Haas relationship goes because I know he's had Haas his entire career, but. He seems like the weak link right there right now. Well, kind of going back to the to the playoff uh, cut line right now. In my opinion, every you know, I'd say Bell on up right now points wise is good. I mean, he's he is two points away from being a full race up. I mean, he's two points away from being off this list. He's and, and well, and I'm just I don't think we get that many more winners because if you look at some of the people who haven't won yet, yes, I know you have Blaney and Truex, well, they're above all these guys. So it wouldn't change anything, but you look at everyone below and I'm still, I'm none of these guys. I know they could win it any week, but for some reason, the driver or the team never closes it out. I don't trust any of them to win. Yeah. I don't yeah. trust anyone below Christopher bell to win. I'm sorry. I just, that's don't. fair. I, I, I think we get to, I must still say we get 15 different winners. I think a few weeks ago I said 16. All right, fine. I'll, I'll go to, I'll settle for 15, but I still think we get 15 different winners. And so, yeah, I think Truex will win. I think Blaney will win. And maybe one of these guys like a Reddick or Jones or even a Harvick will win. But I think, I think there's only going to be one guy who points his way in and that might very well be bell, but I'd be careful. If more than two of these guys behind him wins, he's, he could easily be in trouble. At least that's my, that's my opinion. I say Reddick, Reddick will get a win. That's who I think will get away. See, I can't trust Reddick. I mean, like, whether I can't it's trust team RCR. or it's, yeah, RCR, whether it's him, his team, or whatever. It's like, I mean, Tyler Reddick's basically in the same situation Kyle Larson was with Chip Ganassi Racing. He's just carrying that team from time to time, and sometimes he'll overstep the the boundaries that the car is capable of because he wants to run up front so damn bad, just like Larson did. So, so I, Bell right now, I'm looking at is 46 points behind Martin Truex Jr., and that's well within a race. Um, it's actually almost within a race without too many stage points. Uh, I don't, I don't think this happens overnight, but if he raises up enough and there is that 15 winner mark, I mean, you could even say Truex could be on the line down, down the line or so. Um, 
but I, I mean, I trust Blaney. I trust Truex. I, tr- I trust Bell at this point because I knew New Hampshire is coming up and he's running the top five every week. Almarola has just, you know, he got a top five this week, but what's he done since the first four weeks? Tyler Reddick can't finish a race to save his life. I feel bad for my poor dad. Who's a, <laughs> who's a Reddick fan. Uh, Kevin Harvick is on the downward trajectory. Eric Jones is, he is performing maximum of what that 43 car should be doing right now. Like, what like, he's doing is amazing. Like Ty Dillon, like I feel like his performance this year is basically where that team is basically supposed to be, but Eric Jones like takes him to another level. Suarez, yeah. Suarez is down below this group, isn't he? Just yes, sure. he's 60 points out, which is so, over a full race. So he's also someone we know that Trackhouse can obviously produce race-winning cars, so you definitely have to keep him on your radar. And with the extra seat time he's going to get this weekend, we'll, t- we'll talk about that more a little bit later. But with that extra seat time, he could, he could be dangerous this weekend. I just I, think Suarez has been within a lap of winning a race this year. Austin Dillon has been within a lap of winning a race this year. Eric Jones, yeah, Talladega was within a lap of winning a race this year. Tyler Reddick was a quarter away from winning a race this year. I just think not all these guys are going to win, but a couple of them. I think it's conceivable could win a race okay, before the so playoffs start. If you had to pick two drivers to get a win that are below the cut line right now, who would they be? Eric starts off. Two drivers. Suarez and I'll say Jones of people who are below the playoffs. Yeah, I'll say I'll say Jones. Hmm, okay, who wants to go next? Who go next? Uh, well, you go ahead, Danny. I'll, I was gonna say Suarez and Harvick. I still think you can get one. So I'm gonna go Harvick just because it, you know he might be on the downward slope right now, but he's Kevin Harvick. He he knows how to win races in the clutch. I mean, for God's sakes, he was called the closer for like a decade. And then Eric Jones, because I think of any of these guys, he has the most speed without screwing it up the most. Like it, it, Eric Jones is Murphy's law. That's what he's been this year. Yeah, um, I was going to go with Eric Jones and Daniel Suarez. I feel like those two would get it done. So really about we kind of came down to three guys there. Kind of I heard from about everyone. Yeah. But yeah, again, I, I, I still trust Truex, Bell, and Blaney way more than any of them at any yeah. point. Mm-hmm. And and currently, Reddick and Amarillo are in the top 16, so I'm not yeah. including them. That, that's yeah. something I got to remember. Our all-star race winner doesn't have a win this season. Oh, yeah, that's right. I mean, he's been extremely consistent, though. And I mean, he's been he's been on the, on the up and I mean, up this year for sure. But the way I think about it is like this. We have 11 races left till the playoffs, and there's five open spots at the moment. Mm-hmm. Yes, there's, you know... There can be six winners in 11 races. That's not out of the question. <laughs> a lot of road courses and super but speedways. There's a, yeah. But there's a lot of road courses. But but then you, you, you got to look at who's good at the road courses. And most of these guys have won this year. Or you could have someone yeah. like A.J. Allmendinger jump up and win a race. Mm, I mean, he, like fair. he did at Indy. Um, Chase Briscoe is good at him. Uh, you know, Martin, if you're looking at people who are outside, who have not won a race, uh, I should say, that could be good at road courses. I immediately think of the two JGR cars that are out at the moment. And that's who I can trust. And I think it, yes, Suarez did well, but it's for one reason or another, that team and that driver can never close anything out. Whether it's his fault or someone else's fault, running into him. him running if it's into not one, else. it's the other. Yeah. That's how it always seems to be. I, I, do, I think there'll be one winner that's outside of this group right now. That's outside of the playoffs. One. I think I think that's one or maybe two, but if I'm gonna if if anyone's gonna win, it's gonna be the people who are 14th and up right now. Yeah, like 
And that includes uh, the guys who've already I, won. I just mean, if even one guy from outside this picture wins, that puts Christopher Bell on the hot seat, potentially. That could put him as like the last guy in, he's second to last guy in on points. He's still I mean, 55 up. Yeah, I was yeah, about to point yeah. out. He's almost like plus 60, which and, I mean, plus 60, that's a full race, right? But how how yeah. far is he behind? Is Truex the next guy in points ahead of him? Yes. And he's, he's, you're 40, saying he's like 60 46. behind him. 46. 46. Okay. So and he's, he's not going to move up. up every week. Oh, he, so. Okay. He could move up, I guess, theoretically, but I, I don't, that's tough. I don't know. I just, yeah, yeah Bell's not going to miss out on points. He's going to miss out if there's too many winners. And somehow the thing is, I think Bell wins a race. There's mm-hmm. too many road courses, New Hampshire. Bell New Hampshire. I feel like he'll win New Hampshire. Definitely. Well, and even a super speedway. I mean, he's, he's, he has a speed there and just stuff goes wrong yeah. or he makes a mistake or something, but, but it's no. like, these final eleven races, man, they're going to be chaotic for the uh, for the final playoff series. I mean, you know, so basically, we, we have two super speedways, you said, and four road courses. Yeah, four we have playoffs. six wild card races. Yeah, so six wild card races. Oh. But I don't. I would only call the super speedways wild cards. Yeah, I honestly, I'd actually say yeah. intermediates feel like bigger wild cards than yeah. road courses. Right like now. I, I'd say Michigan would be a bigger wild yeah. card. That's a big wild yeah, card. Yeah, that's going to be interesting. I can't wait to see the Michigan watch. I'd, I'd, I'd watch for Jones at Michigan. Pocono. Oh, you know, too. Yes. one other name, just because we have a few super speedways still, I wouldn't roll out a Justin Haley as good as he is on super oh, speedways. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Justin Haley. Oh, yeah. Harrison be- Burton isn't going to pile into a wreck for once. And Brad Keselowski. Don't hey, hey, forget about Brad. I, I, don't forget I, about him. I actually got to say, I'm looking at the standings right now, and they only showed a top 29 on the uh, NASCAR app. <laughs> he's actually climbed to where he's visible again. He's, there he's, we go. He's, he's 29th and has 200 points. See, that's the well, thing with this next-gen car. There's just so many good drivers that have yet to win still. But, I mean, like, you know, you just don't know if they're going to win. I, I just think uh, that the, where we're at right now, we're watch, if, if you watch the way the season's gone, Penske and Gibbs right now, yes, I know Hendrick has been consistent, but it's like Penske and Gibbs are the ones who are getting faster as the year goes on. And I know that Hendrick is still fast. I'm not discounting that. But when you look at those three teams, you pretty much have everyone that's already in either on wins or points. Like, and those are, I think those are the guys who are going to get the monopoly of the wins in this. Uh, I don't, I don't want to be a Debbie. I want there to be 17 winners. That's what I want. Yeah, I 20 winners. I'm, I'm, I'm not going to get, I'm not going to get too worried and say like, Oh, Hendrick's losing it. Cause how many times have we seen Hendrick kind of just, Slow down in the summer and pick it up by the playoffs. I'm not My, too worried about Hendrick. This this weekend at Gateway was their first like bad race of the year. That um, and the second half at Phoenix, which those two are the most similar tracks. Ooh, I, that's a good, point. good point. I it's not a pattern yet, but it is <laughs> it is it's it's there's two. If if they're bad in New Hampshire, that's a pattern. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Fair. So I think New Hampshire I, I think, if you're a Hendrick fan is one of the most important races of the year. I think Jarrett pointed us out. I think this is the first weekend. Where not a single Hendrick car made a top ten. Uh, I I was wrong about this. Phoenix oh. was the only other one. Oh, <laughs> oh. 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 Yeah. I, I'm like interesting. <laughs> yeah, we'll see what happens. And you know who was you know who was fastest uh, in both those races? Ryan Blaney, Joey Logano. Mm-hmm. Those yes, were the those ones Penske that cars. across both races were the two that were the, like the only ones who were the really fast in both of those. So, so Austin Cindric will be your 2022 Series champion. It has to be a Penske car. <laughs> um, sorry, we. I'm sure we could talk about this all day. I feel like we should probably move on to yeah, yeah. Uh, talk about that because we got two other <laughs> races. Yeah, we still got yeah. two other races to talk Good about. Point. But, but before we move on to those two races, let's go over the ratings from this past weekend. So the Cup Series race at Gateway um, uh, t- um, turned in a 1.47 rating uh, in total, 2.5 million viewers. It, a little it, over. It, 
is sure beat the crap out of IndyCar. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll get into that in a little bit. But, um, head to head. To, yeah, but to compare it to uh, the Sonoma race from last year, which was on the same weekend, it also had um, basically damn near 2.5 million viewers. So it was pretty close. But for this weekend, there was 516,000 in the key demographic, which is up 20%. So oh, it's 20 percent. No, no, no. Oh. it's not. It, it can't be up from anything, Darian. Oh well, it's. Oh, I'm sorry. Twenty. I'm sorry. It, it represents twenty percent of the viewership. Sorry about that. Yeah, not up twenty percent. Hmm. And kind of looking into the other ones, I want to point out. It's like I put this in here just because of how similar everything mm-hmm. is. Xfinity had 23% in the key demo with 824,000 viewers. And HRA and trucks basically had the same with both with 21%. IndyCar had 27%, but that was only 94,000. And the, we, like Danny alluded to before, the funny thing about IndyCar <laughs> is that um, cup qualifying got better in the key demo than IndyCar did with 96,000 viewers with less overall viewers at 325,000. Uh, so it's, it's interesting to look at, but I think like, I put this, I, I really wanted to talk about this and kind of put it in here because it's like, it's not just a NASCAR, I guess, problem, if you want to call it that, with the key demo not being as high as other sports. It's like motorsports in general, if you're not Formula One, is is in the same vicinity. Um, but I, I was surprised, I was surprised that uh, how low the Xfinity ones were even if it was around 824,000 because they've actually, Xfinity's actually had a really good year. They've had like most of the races over a million viewers so far, which is not normal. So, but overall, like, it's pretty interesting just to look at that overall, though. I I think part of what helps Xfinity is all the names that are being made and the emotions we're seeing from guys like your Gregson's, your Ty Gibbs. People have more reason to want to tune in for these hot shot uh, young guys are hearing about. And I feel like we we had a pattern a few years ago of a lot of like one and duns in Xfinity, like mm. William Byron, I think only ran one They're year. They're actually or, staying for more yeah. than a year now. Now Gregson's been there for like three or four years at least now. Brandon we, Jones we, has been there for who we, knows we, how long. All we, Geyer. We yeah. saw Cendric have a lot of years there. Briscoe. Like Custer. He'll be, back, he'll be back next year. It's already confirmed. Uh, that, that, well, it's not confirmed, oh, but that's it's their, their, goal. their hope. Yeah, that's what they hope. Um, but yeah, and, even Ty and, Gibbs, and, this is kind of his second year almost. So Yeah, I, I wouldn't say confirmed if something opened up in cup you know he's their go-to guy so well i i, I think if something opens up in cup that's not guaranteed but also but uh, let's yeah. let's give some credit to uh you know uh let's just say uh the 34 of jesse awuji's fine <laughs> to you know to increase his whole weekend we'll get into that yeah. when we get when we talk about the xfinity race we'll no, get into that no gregson is a fan of him <laughs> yeah. um. we'll get into that more but uh really quick let's move on uh, we are now at that point in the show where where it's time for the poll, the famous iceberg poll. Don't worry, Eric. I was oh, he toned it down. I was scared. Yeah, don't worry. I'm not going to do it that loud. But yeah. How many episodes have you been doing this and you're just now scared? <laughs> La- last week was Oh, I know. I did, I did it really, really well. Yeah. yeah. I'm sorry about that. But... Yeah, my ears hurt. But yeah, look, looking at the poll this week, we didn't get a new record, but it was actually really high uh, for just a normal cable race. Uh, just over 16,000 of you voted on this poll. of you said that it was a great race. 54% said it was a good race. 15% said average and three apiece for below average and bad net positivity was at 78% for this race. Net negativity only at six. Uh, Looking at the first comment, this one was from Spencer 5478. He's actually a uh, member of the channel. Uh, And he said, well, first of all, positive or negative. 
Uh, positive. Po- positive. Positive. Uh, you said, I forgot, was this the Enjoy Illinois 300 or the Beef It's What's for Dinner 300? <laughs> because That's on stage one. two, man, so much chaos, so much madness, and so much drivers mad at other drivers. Love it. So, yeah. Positive. 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 Yeah, that's right. And then let's let's go right. Optimism. Optimism. I don't know why, but I wanted to say it like that. Escalator. (laughs) Um, Two weeks in a row, SpongeBob references. Uh, So kind of looking at at these, the the high voted one here, the highest was from Sebastian Goldfish. It's an interesting name. I like that Um, name. I wonder if he's an Almendinger fan. (laughs) Um, Said pretty entertaining race. Hard to pass, but I felt like it worked well. Definitely want to see them continue to race at Gateway. Chastain versus Hamlin slash Elliott was quite the show. And I'm glad to see Zane Smith have a great run in his debut. Give him a ride next year, Brad. Um, or some someone give him a ride. Someone, a, a good team. Someone. A good team. <laughs> uh, NASCAR Mobile 48 says this has to be the best race on a somewhat short track. Better than Phoenix, Martinsville, and Dover. I, I thought Dover was good. Dover was great. It was great. I thought Dover was very good. I still might give this one a slight edge, but they were close. I, I'd give. Yeah, I think this one's better, but Dover was good. Yeah. Uh, oh, racing aerials. We follow each other on Twitter. Um, it says expected a mid tier race, but man, what a show! The Chastain drama is a storyline that's going to follow all the way to the final four in mm-hmm. Phoenix. I am so pumped. Let's go. Uh, let's let's go. Speaking of let's go, let's go a little further down and see uh, some of the ones that weren't as high voted. Uh, Daniel Shell says next gen car is saving the mile and a half race. Well, one mile and a half, but it was still really good, good race. Yeah, it was a good race though. Uh, first last says proud of of Ryan Blaney and Happy Logano got the win. That's, that's wow. Yeah, that's the first time I've seen like wow. You don't see that too often. Someone wow. saying I'm happy Logano won. Wow. Our chat is very positive today. Yeah, <laughs> well, they're very. And, yeah. Until I found this one from DBAB2, oh, who says, uh, once you got 10 or so laps in to a run, passing was non-existent. Um, yeah, I mean, yeah, that's, that's, that's somewhat fair. It was difficult. Yeah, it was hard. Mm-hmm. Uh, Eric Kaur says, Chastain certainly made some new friends today, didn't he? <laughs> yeah. <I guess> so. <laughs> Wink. That's, a good, that's a good way to put it. Uh, JC1424, I saw him in the chat earlier today. What's up, man? What's up, JC? Uh, Said, well, clean air advantage, no green flag pit stops again, just cautions and drama, seven out of ten. I mean, I thought, I thought that's, I thought that's fair. That's fair. Yeah, I give it that. Uh, let's go down to the bottom and get the, the, the negative five <laughs> that I can read. Yes, yes. All right, so we, well, let's do six because they're short ones. ZH2 says it sucked. Daniel okay. Lehman says meh. 28M okay. racing, boring. Okay. John Max says I only vet- voted bad because Logano won. <laughs> there we expecting. go. There it is. Um, Nathan Grace says this was not a good race. It was a soap opera. And then last one. Um, well, I'm gonna I'm gonna substitute words in, and you can just in your <laughs> mind say what, what they That's are. One of those. Uh-oh. Zim's Aquatics and Hobbies said I don't even watch the crap anymore. I haven't for decades. Modern butt car, we'll just say that, sucks about as much as channels you're not even subscribed to constantly flooding my feed with your stupid questions. 
Hey, someone must have watched a few NASCAR videos in their, gonna, in their no, search no, he's, history. He's saying how much he hates he hates our channels because they flood his feed, and I'm like, but I'm saying they wouldn't flood your. They, Google is a very uh, they have a very sophisticated algorithm. Yeah. This man must have watched was, some NASCAR. You've seen videos. some of our stuff, and it keeps popping up on your feed. Yeah, just because yeah. you didn't, just because you didn't, just because you didn't choose to subscribe doesn't mean you, you haven't watched it. Just clicked off our videos once you realized they sucked, and they wouldn't be keep, well, keep popping up on your feed. Well, you know what? Thousands of people heard your temper. Yeah. so anyway that yeah. was the poll thank you all for voting and uh i'll put <laughs> it up after, the, uh, Sonoma. The, the chat saying ratio <laughs> real time ratio really quick, uh, so jared inspired me to do my own little poll after the race because i was very intrigued i was very interested to see what um some of the fans had to say about this uh, my question um really quick was would you want to see gateway on the 2023 playoff schedule so playoffs so 6.4 thousand people voted and 63% said yes, while 37% said no. Let's get your guys' takes on it. Uh, Danny, start us off. Um, too soon or yes? Playoff track for sure. Uh, nah, nah, that, I don't, I don't think so. Right. Whoever wants to I'm, I'm gonna say no, uh, and I'm, I'm gonna give a couple reasons here. One, we need more time. You know, one race should not set this up. Uh, two, it's going to have to be earlier in the year because even though it is further south than Chicagoland, still being in Illinois where it is, weather's going to be a factor. And three, it also would have to be very early in the playoffs because if it goes head-to-head with, for instance, the Cardinals in the oh, playoffs, yeah. that as much as I can't stand the Cardinals, I Saint will acknowledge Cardinals, that they are a huge in St. Louis. They own St. Louis, basically. So, so that came at a time where there was nothing going on there. So it was good city planning, I gotta say. They did a good job with that. My mom brought that up to me. It's like, you notice they played the Cubs in Wrigley that weekend. I'm like, ah, oh, that's right. I would say yes, only if it replaces Texas, which yes, I don't think is realistic. Yes, yes, that's yes, every and The Texas race, to your point, Jarrett, is in late September, which I think you could run a race at Gateway in late September, and that's before Major League Baseball playoffs begin. So mm-hmm. maybe that would make sense. See, I'm a little biased here because, you know, growing up a diehard Rams fan, you know, I was a big fan of them when they were in St. Louis growing up, and they never made the playoffs. So I figured, you know, having a NASCAR playoff race, it's a good way to at least give the city – a playoff, you know, a playoff type event again, I guess, you know, because they didn't have it too often. But, but no, no, in all seriousness, I mean, after the race we saw and after the sold out crowd, I mean, a playoff, I mean, a playoff race there would really intrigue me because I feel like this track would kind of be perfect for it because, I mean, granted, yes, it is a track that is hard to pass, but I mean, when guys really are desperate to pass, they're willing to do whatever it takes, you know, ergo Ross Chastain, you know? So I feel like if it were to be like a cutoff race in the playoffs, it could be interesting too. But yeah, I mean, if, if I were to put it in the playoffs, yeah, Texas, you're gone. I, <laughs> I, think, I think I just got to see how that crowd looked next year. Yeah, yeah. I'm kind of I'm, I'm kind of the same way this year with Nashville because both of these races were in, well, I, Nashville isn't, doesn't have the location that – gateway does in terms of how close they are to the city but they attracted two big metropolitan areas that haven't had nascar in a long time so i'm curious how does nashville look this year and how does gateway look next year i love this yeah. comment from denny delivers he says i just realized that this year's texas race is on my birthday if i was if i was you didn't delivers i would just go uh, do anything else for your birthday. Yeah, go go do some go-karting and stuff. It'll be a much better racing product than Texas. <laughs> better racing on yeah, that track. Yeah, better racing there. 
But anyways, moving on, let's talk about another race, the Xfinity Series race at Portland. Their first time at Portland in decades. It had been quite some time. Um, now, I had I, I didn't watch the race live. Me and IDK player. I did. We were, yeah, yeah. We were working. <laughs> it was uh, fun. The, we were uh, both working the fairground social media. But from what I saw on social media, Jared, uh, since you said something, I mean, talk about their race. I mean, there are some very interesting moments. Uh, so, so it was really a Jekyll and Hyde race, whereas the first half of the race was raining fully, Ty Gibbs dominating. You kind of just knew it was going to happen. And the, and the broadcast focused a lot on the front. They did focus on all the spinning and stuff. A lot of spins. And, yeah, and, and, you know, we'll talk about him in a bit. AJ Allmendinger went down a lap really quick. Like, it was just, it was not great. And uh, then the second half hit with Jesse Uji hitting Ty Gibbs. <laughs> and everything just went to hell. Oh, man. And it was a beautiful disaster. Is, um, it, is it time though? Like, like, let's talk about this. Is it time for NASCAR to step in and be like, "Hey, Jesse, look, dude, like- it was time after Las Vegas, <laughs> but they're not going to because he's a fan favorite. He has Emmett Smith with fan him, favorite. and he was in the military. Yeah, he There's won no the fan vote. Was- Remember this, gentlemen. Oh, yeah, he's the most. He was un- undefeated in fan vote. That's crazy, yeah, bro. Don't you know he is? He is more popular than if, if, if he could just get a ride for the All Star Open, man, he'd be in. You know. Mm. But I mean, they're, they're not going to do anything unless, like, it goes way past what it did. But it's like, this, dude's, close. Three lap, this close. dude's three laps down, like, 21 laps into the race. I, and, and I want to say this, full stop right now. I like Jesse Uji as a person. Oh, same. Nice guy. Yeah. We, we've man. had him on the show. I remember season yeah. one. He was one of our first guests we ever had on the show. And stuff, he but. is a great man, and I think he has a place in NASCAR. It's just yep. not behind the wheel of the car mm-hmm. or no, totally agree. Or anything. Honestly, Maybe Kyle Weatherman. Car. Kyle Weatherman. I mean, he does. I mean, like he's been in that crowd. I mean, he pushed it to a top fifteen at you know um, at one of the tracks this year. I would like to see him do some more races with them. You know, but yeah, yeah. That's what shook things up because then Ty Gibbs got into Noah Gregson. Who else did he run into in that? Right? He, who <laughs> else? Was, yeah, he ran into a bunch of drivers. They made some enemies as he's prone to do. And then fell I saw, back in the pack. I saw Sheldon Creed gave uh, Buford the uh, the bird. Yeah, double bird. Double yeah, good bird. stuff. Yeah, there was a huge pile. I mean, there was a few huge but, pileups going into that turn one chicane. But I don't remember on that I, one that was especially bad. And uh, I think he, he Creed ran into like Austin Hill or somebody who then he got piled in by Buford. I don't know what happened. I was a little surprised he was so bad at Buford, but yeah, he was. I, I do got to say, though, in defense of Jade Buford, he was benched for a little while because of a lack of performance in that 48 car. And then, of course, they, they got some other drivers in there. Tyler Reddick won a race for that team. He actually didn't do too bad. I, I think I think he kind of used some of his time to, to kind of maybe maybe improve himself a little bit. Mm. But uh, H. Almendinger wins the race. Hey, Jared, you were right. Finally, in the points, you were right again. <laughs> and and I, I, at, I the media, at the media, oh, good job. <laughs> at the media center, he saw how bad he was doing. He's like, he's like, I'm done. Well, yeah, because he, <laughs> no. he wrecked like coming to the green practically um, at the beginning of the race and was way back. But a lot of cautions, got back on the lead lap, got back in contention, and he's just he is just a tremendous when his head's on straight. Which sometimes it's not. I think sometimes he's he's over emotional behind the wheel, and makes mistakes. But when his head's on straight and he is focused, he is unbeatable in the Xfinity series yes. at road courses. And, and colleague racing, I had said last week on the show, I was like, "Hey, what's going on?" I mean, like, yeah, they're running their Cup team, might have taken some performance out of that Xfinity team, but they're back in victory lane again. So, hey, maybe they're uh, moving in the right direction once again. Oh, and, and looking at the way they finished, at a boy to JJ Yaley finishing P eight, mm-hmm. and, nice, and and that like you know I think he stayed out on slicks. Too. Wow. 
So good on him. He actually in the last lap was running in hey, the top three. Remember, he so. is a dirt guy. So I mean, if somebody were to handle slicks on a wet track, it, it would be. <laughs> Listen, it was so funny that one restart when like the first eight cars made the corner and then the entire field <laughs> just completely missed it. I well, saw they were racing at Arca too. There was an Arca clip that was similar. Right? <laughs> a couple of other attaboys to give out. You know, Alex LeBay getting getting tenth place in this one. And Myatt Snyder and Jordan Anderson's car for what that is getting second. That's amazing. Yeah. They won a stage as well. Yeah. yeah. That was cool. Doing really Andy great. Lally ran pretty well up at the mm-hmm. front too. Like there was yeah. it, like the second half of this race, it was just like a lottery. Like Scott Scott yeah. Hecker got 13th in the five. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like it's I it was it was very it, it was very much a a demolition derby. It was completely insane. But oh. It was also memorable. One, one other, my last attaboy. Uh, so Gray Galding was put into the sixth car, <laughs> and he finished thirty six out of thirty eight. So the usual driver of that car was Ryan, Ryan Vargas. Drove Mike Harmon's forty seven to a twenty third place finish. Hey man, wait, look, I know it's a business, but JD Motorsport, bro. Every if you're gonna like kick your if you're if you're gonna sideline your main driver for your sixth car, don't, at least put don't somebody get, better in, right? If for you're, that if you're, one race, right? If you're if you're gonna sideline him, don't get whooped by him and the other car. Like seriously, I think well, in every race he has competed against that car, he's beaten them. I think. Well, I want I want to ask you guys overall. What are your thoughts on on the track should, you know, of Portland? Like, should we? I'll keep it. Judge it off the, of this, or should we the, wait till we have a dry give, race? Give it another chance. Give it one more. The, the crowd showed because I saw all the footage of stuff even before the race, like the driver autograph sessions. I mean, they come out in droves for that. Like, there there was long lines for that. That that area wanted something like this, and they got it. The Pacific Northwest, like they've been, they they love their racing, man. Whether it's dirt racing, stock car they racing. they didn't care. It was just the Xfinity series. They came out. They wanted yeah. to see it. So uh, you yeah. know, I, I'm really curious to see how a race would do on a dry surface. I think it would put on, you know, they would put on a spectacular show. But Who knows? Maybe it could be another th- series road course. You never know. That's the nature of that area. You're, you're it's not likely you're going to get a dry surface up there. Yeah. So yeah, I. I've, I thought, man, I I don't know. I'd like to see it come back one more time, but keep in mind, every Xfinity team lost money on this race. Oh, yeah, the, the purse, all the way out the there. purse was so low. Yeah, too. purse was small, yeah. and it literally this is like <laughs> the furthest track to get to from Charlotte. I probably like so, far on the schedule. On that note, it was funny at the uh, tweet up. Steve Carnes, you know, he's with the uh, First Pacific Funding Group that sponsors Jeremy Clements. And Chris Rice uh, with Colleg Racing, he he showed up and he had the trophy from the Portland race, so he showed that off and got Bob Pockers to hold it. Uh, but Steve Steve Carnes asked Chris Rice, uh, "How much money did you guys lose in gas?" And he just said, uh, "No comment." <laughs> yeah, I, so that's my only thing. I think the crowd was great. I thought the race, honestly, that turn one. I know it's hilarious and everything, but it wasn't good racing the whole second half oh, of that race. I, it, was it was a awful. bad race. Um, so I'd like to see it return, but I don't see this as necessarily a mainstay on the schedule. At least if it's not, unless they bring, start bringing a cup there one day, because if it's just Xfinity, I just don't see that being sustainable. Mm. We'll see. What but we'll see. Um, one final race from over the weekend, the truck series race, um, the, the KBM trucks, they were battling out. Now I didn't see that race as well. Um, now what happened? Were they all running inside the top three and then started? they were like one, two, three for, a they, were one, oh, they were one, they were one, two, three. And I mean, it, it come down to Chandler Smith and Corey Heim. And mm-hmm. th- this is now twice this year that, 
Uh, Chandler Smith has felt like he had the better better truck, and then Corey Heim raced him a little wrong. It happened at Atlanta. It happened at Gateway. And both times uh, got a chance to because I was immediate both of those events, had a chance to, you know, interview and be there for Chandler Smith. And he said, you know, to me, he said, he said, I should have won. That's what he said. I He said, but, you know, he, he squeezed me down on the inside again. And he said he's getting kind of tired of it. So there's definitely, I don't want to say bad blood, but it's obvious that Chandler Smith doesn't appreciate the way Corey Heim races him, whatever their teammates together. But I also saw, and um, you guys can can explain how they um, got up front. But I also saw on the uh, the NASCAR app while listening to uh, to MRN that um, in the final laps you had Christian Eckes and Derek Krause battling for the lead as well. Did they get there just on strategy, so, or was it straight that, up speed? It was for the. I mean, there was a there was a little I strategy with everyone, but it was speed. I mean, they were just straight up faster at the end than everyone. Hey, Eckes had speed. He, he chased him down. He did everything he had to. And but you know that that's the the nature of NASCAR is as great as green white checker finishes in overtime. So um, just you know, Eckes did great in the long run, but he wasn't good on that restart. And it's not the first time he's lost a race due to a late race restart this year. So I don't, said that too. Does Eckes have a win this year? I don't he does. He does. I think he has. Does he have one? It's only one because he's. I just know he's been close to winning two or three others. I, I can't remember which track it was. I'm going to find out, but I think he does have a win. I do know it was a lot of young guys at the front late, and then I think Johnny Sauter part time schedule was like fifth. And I'm like, <laughs> I still forget go. he races every now and then. Jeez, yeah, honestly, uh, Stu no. Friesen got a top five too. I'll give him that. Sorry, Eckes does not have a win. He was close to winning Texas. That's what it was. Okay. He's been close to winning a few. Yeah. So yeah, I didn't. I wasn't sure. I knew he a lot of heartbreak this year. Um, but I know we want to give this guy a shout out. He was also one of our first guests on the podcast, Baraja Karuth in a competitive truck, probably his first. Hey. Big three series in a competitive ride. He ran, you know, pretty well and ends up finishing eleventh. I believe. I said, so. like, hey, watch, him. he might run inside the top ten. He was well, close. he ran, he <laughs> ran in the top five for a while. So it it was confusing at the end on the board and all the other many people was all you know saying, hey, good job on the top ten because we all thought he had a top ten. He was listed as tenth, but then after the race, he was corrected to eleventh. So I don't know what happened there exactly. Still, it was just a, a very scoring impre- error. A, a very impressive debut, though. I mean, a lot of, I mean, yeah. It, did what he had to do. Yeah. Stayed out of trouble well, for the just, most part. Or he had a he had a spin, but he was able to you know still get a decent. Finish. I want to I want to say this though. Like he was like, oh, it's just the truck. His truck. Dude, give him some credit. Like you wheeled that thing. Well, up I there. mean, like you know, like I guess you know, in his defense too. I mean, he has certain expectations too. I mean, like he, I mean that truck is a start. He, he went yeah. he went sliding he went sliding in a turn. He could have been wrecked, and he routed it back to nearly hey, a top well, ten. You know yeah. what? Hey, he he's a guy. He expects to run up front and anything. I guess so. I, I and, guess for the truck series, he's like, hey, you know, I, I got to run up front. So. And I see in the chat too, and and this is right. Deegan did run competitively. Yeah, she actually I, raced. I was she wasn't say, just. Yeah. She was up there because of strategy. I, I will say that, but she actually was diving below people. She was actually racing yeah. in different lines. It, it, she looked I, competitive. I made a comment on this because me and Jarrett, we sat on the back stretch for the first stage and it's we watched we watched her. She was behind, way behind, and we watched her pass probably like I don't know, 10 trucks, I'd say. Like she was just making good passes. I remember she, she had finished speed. seventh there last year. So this is the track that's that was off attrition, though. This one she actually ran oh, okay, okay. like up there with the leaders for a good part of the race. Right. Um, but yeah, the, the ending of the race just shuffled everything. I mean, yeah. it, it's, that's the truck series. Now one point. final thing too, and really quick before I talk about it, you know, obviously congrats to Raja on, on a very impressive debut and Corey Heim on the win, but you know, another guy we've had on the show, uh, Carson Hosefar involved in a very scary last lap crash. Uh, 
you know, the safety crews, it took them a little while to get to them and stuff. You know, I've seen some debates on there like, oh, well, you should have left the window net up, should have put it down, blah, blah, blah. Either way, mm-hmm. you know, he basically um, – um, has he revealed what exactly he is hurt So, yet? so not, not the, the it's, not the uh, injury itself, just okay. sort of like it's, what is going on with it. Believed. It's believed it's – something in his leg foot don't know what it is but we because he was he was you heard on the radio he was favoring his foot he said he couldn't really move his foot but it he did announce today that he intends to start this weekend's race and it sounds like daniel suarez is going to essentially hop in like maybe he, he might not even take a first lap it might just be i don't know he'll probably do well, one lap to. okay to take a lap he'll take a lap park it daniel suarez will hop in the truck okay yeah, no, I what we haven't gotten a super clear update on Hosvar's condition, other than we do know he's going to at least attempt to start the race this weekend. He said it's been reported that's an ankle injury. Um, yeah, I, I mean, it's just a, another scary reminder that Na- NASCAR racing is dangerous, even at a one and a quarter mile flat oval, you can take a big, big lick and you know, potentially get fairly seriously injured. And Hosvar, he's young. So, um, you know, glad it wasn't any more serious. He'll be able to bounce back. And he's obviously shown some serious toughness. If he plans to race any laps this weekend at Sonoma, that's pretty uh, impressive. But, um, yeah, glad glad he seems to be doing uh, okay. Um, but hopefully hopefully it's not anything more serious. Well, glad it's not anything more serious, it sounds like. Yeah, hopefully, yeah. I mean, it sounds like, you know, he'll be, you know, like, I mean, obviously he's not 100%. But, I mean, he's still, it sounds like he might be somewhat good enough to make a few and- laps in the truck. I just saw someone say he'll be back at Knoxville. He might be back, but we don't know what he's going to do in that race yet. You know, okay. well, let's, let's yeah. just get, let's get past Sonoma. Then we'll see about Knoxville. Yeah. Yeah. We'll yeah. see what happens. We'll see what happens, but I uh, glad he's all right. And uh, yeah, so that'll wrap up a very wild weekend of racing at gateway and Portland. Um, we are now at that point in the show where I read your guys' super chats. Thank you guys so much tonight for contributing to the night's edition of the NASCAR weekly podcast. Uh, who has the uh, the counter? Uh, I gotcha. All right, let me know when you uh, start it, and I will get started reading the super chats. Three, two, one, go. All right, let's get started. I'll scroll down. Okay, uh, Megatron, thank you so much for the ten dollars super chat. As leader of the Decepticons, I just want to personally invite Joey Logano, Kyle Busch, Denny Hamlin, and Kevin Harvick among my ranks because I admire, admire their tenacity for vengeance. Ah, yes, yes, good one, good one there. I agree. Napa Racing Fan nine twenty seven with the five dollars super chat. The last Cup win for Roush. Not on a super speedway was the 2014 Sonoma race when Edwards won. Their performance started to decline when Kenseth left. Yep, they facts. Those are straight facts, bro. Uh, Hot Piss with the $5 super chat. Under a tornado watch while listening at work. Wish me luck. Oh, God. Well, I hope I, 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 I saw him say that the storm was no longer a oh, Okay, so. okay. Okay, that's good. Well, I'm glad you're okay. Dang. Yeah, I couldn't imagine that. Um, Isaac with the $5 super chat. Thank you so much, man. Considering Byron's got the Raptor paint scheme and Jurassic World uh, domination um, opens this Friday. I'm surprised they didn't do a throwback to Jeff Gordon's uh, Jurassic Park car. What? It's Dominion. Oh, Dominion. Dang it. What did I say? 
domination. <laughs> Someone at Warner Brothers is like, damn it, I thought that title would work. No, that's not, no, <laughs> it, it works. I just, I'm just illiterate sometimes. Well, well, thank you so much, Isaac. Thank you for the super chat. <laughs> and then JC1424, thank you so much for the two hour super chat. Gonna listen while I mow the lawn. Uh, American things. Yes, that sounds very American to me. Thank you so much for listening. And then once again, Napa Racing Fan 927 with, the, with the, another two hour super chat. Should NASCAR race at PIR? I say try it one more year. Uh, yeah, that's where I'm at. Yeah. And also, it's Universal, not a Warner Brothers. Sorry. Oh, okay. But yeah, no, I agree. Yeah, try it one more year for sure. Uh, then Ryan Sellers with the $5 super chat. Can't wait for Dale's commentary. If Ross is racing like this during the second half of the year, car in the wall, it, car in the wall. It, it, it'll be fun. Yeah. Hell yeah, guard wall. Yeah, it'll be fun. That was good. That yeah, was that, good. That was, that, that was about the right loud. Wow. It peaked the it. mic just the right level. <laughs> that was good. Nice. I would nice. want the mic, definitely. And then Andy J with the, it says 10 bucks, but it says G. BP. That's some type of I don't know what currency that is. But anyways, thank you so much for the ten dollars. Um in whatever currency this is, uh wherever you're from. Uh really appreciate it. First live show this year, 1 30 a.m. here. Oh god, where are you? Oh good. where are you in madman spending staying up all night to listen to yeah. a bunch of uh, Americans. Yeah, I really appreciate it, bro. And then Alex with the ten dollar super chat. I have a theory with I I have a theory with Zane. If he keeps running well, I can see Penske giving Zane the twenty two Xfinity car, and by twenty twenty four or twenty twenty five, he is the um, replacement to either Joey Logano or Ryan Blaney. Ooh, I mean, a lot would have to fall into place for that. They're not replacing Ryan Blaney. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't hey, know about Blaney. Can I ask who has the birds in the background? Yeah, I was about to ask. Like, I don't. Is that? It's probably it's me. me. It's not me. It's, pro it's, it's, it's probably me. Yeah, yeah, because he's like he's got trees. Like the rainforest life. cafe. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, what the? Okay, enjoy ASMR of birds and meditation here from Danny yeah, B. It's all. It is coming the window. Ah <laughs> <laughs> uh, yes, we're bird meditating on the NASCAR Weekly Podcast. Well, thank you guys so much for the super chats. We will read those at the very end of the show. And now we are at that point in the show where this edition of the NASCAR Weekly Broadcast is brought to you by Lionel. Broadcast? Did I say? I, uh, this edition of the NASCAR Weekly Podcast is brought to you by Lionel Diecast, uh, the official diecast of NASCAR. Order the new 2022 diecast of your favorite NASCAR driver now at LionelRacing.com or any authorized Lionel retailer. Let's go over your cars. Oh, Danny, I love that eight car. Tell us about it. Yeah, this is uh, the U.S. Army 2008 Mark Martin car that was uh, owned by Dale Earnhardt Incorporated. Um, it was shared a little bit between him and Eric Amarola. Uh, a few other, I think it was just those two, maybe a few other drivers made a start in it, but those two drove this one, I know. And uh, it's not the classic red number eight that Jarrett loves, but it's still a pretty good one. <laughs> Why are What's what's so funny? We the still hear the birds, birds. man. They're loud. They're so loud. It's Hold like on. they're purposely going into. <laughs> no, the keep window. talking about the car. Keep talking Don't hurt him. <laughs> it's like he gets a pellet gun out. No. <laughs> these oh, damn birds. <clears throat> look look away. I'm about to sick the army on these birds. <laughs> oh, oh man. <laughs> <laughs> all right who wants to go next I, I got i got i got an old mike skinner truck i figure trucks are going back to sonoma so might as well have a truck this week and it's basically dale Earnhardt's scheme just on a truck. a truck 
That's yeah. basically what the truck series was for yeah, five that's or what six it was. years. I remember, <laughs> I remember the five, uh, the the five uh, Jeff Gordon uh, little remake they had too. That was, <laughs> that was pretty that, badass. Yeah, that, was cool. that, was, that was good looking. Terry Labonte won that at Richmond, I think. Um, Eric, I've got uh, just a classic. I don't think I've shown this on the show in a long, long time. Matt Kenseth, twenty thirteen Husky Tools, the bright red, simple scheme, but boy, did it look good. I thought of this one because uh, I also own a door, a piece of sheet metal from this car when he raced this car at Sonoma in twenty thirteen. So there's my Sonoma tie-in for this upcoming weekend. <laughs> and yes, uh, this is the two thousand Nesquik Chevy from PPC Racing, driven by. Uh, Jeff Green, he won the championship uh, that season by over 600 points. I always love this car, uh, too. I'll have to do a video on it, too, because uh, in the years it raced, it had some spectacular years. Won uh, one Bush Series championship and then won some races with Scott Riggs and stuff over the years. Um, he drove for Ford when um, he drove for them and stuff. And then it was obviously a Chevy when Jeff Green drove for them. But uh, overall, man, Eric Amarola or whoever in that, um, um, for throwback weekend next year needs to do a throwback to the Nesquik car, man. Somebody has – nobody's done it yet. Somebody has to do it. So, dude, if Eric Almarola does a throwback, it's just going to be him driving. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. Good point. <laughs> but yeah. So, uh, appreciate Lionel Racing Diecast sponsoring this edition of the NASCAR Weekly Podcast. Uh, don't miss Lionel Racing's NASCAR Authentics Diecast at a Walmart or any Lionel Racing retailer near you. Appreciate you guys. Uh oh. Now, somebody had said earlier in the show that they were under a, uh, what was it, a tornado watch. Well, here on the NASCAR Weekly Podcast, we have a bit of our own little lightning watch, and it's the lightning round on the NASCAR Weekly Podcast. That never gets old. I love that. You you, you just barely picked the mic at the very end of that. We heard all of that. Yes. Hopefully it scared the birds away. Nice. That hopefully, or the thunder. Yeah, hopefully it scared them away. But Jarrett, what do we have on tap for tonight? Uh, well, we got a few things. First off, Hendrick Motorsports is going to field the number 17 Xfinity Series car for three races. Kyle Larson will race at Road America, Alex Bowman at the Indy Road Course, and William Byron at Watkins Glen. Uh, Corey LaJoy has said on Stacking Pennies at NASCAR is looking to possibly remove the rear diffuser at short tracks in order to improve the racing with decreased downforce. Davey Siegel uh, had tweeted that out first from what I saw. Uh, Joe Gibbs Racing has said they have zero intention of running Ty Gibbs in Cup in 2023, according to Bob Pachris. Um, This one, I didn't see. This kind of just kind of went under the radar. Um, Joe Gibbs Racing has, or on, I should say, uh, on June 29th, I should say, uh, a new Fathom Events movie will be premiering about a Joe Gibbs racing driver called Rowdy. It's a documentary-style Fathom Events movie about Kyle Busch. Uh, it actually doesn't look that bad. Nice. Uh, now, he, he talked about this with Danny and I a bit on Saturday and confirmed it with Dave Moody the other day. Roger Carruth has said that he has three more truck races left this year, Richmond, Bristol, and Phoenix at the end of the season. Austin Bristol should be a good one for him, yeah, I think. That'd be great. Austin Wayne Self uh, will miss the Sonoma Truck Race as his wife is pregnant with their child and due to give birth this weekend, according to AM Racing. Congratulations. Um, Martin Truex Jr.'s travel engineer has a wedding this weekend, so he won't be there. Instead, Cole Pern 
will fill in at Sonoma oh, in the 19th team as a team's turn. engineer. He's back. He's going to get a good chance to look at these things and say, yeah, I'm glad I'm out of this. Oh. Wasn't uh, James Small originally the lead engineer for Cole Pern on the 19 team? And yeah. They yeah. kind of swapped swip- roles yeah. for a week. <laughs> yep. And then last but not least, starting in October, Road America will be repaved. So it's a lot of asphalt. What is that? Four yeah. miles? Yeah. A little over. Yeah. <laughs> a but uh, a repave doesn't really affect the road course too much, does it? I think they're going to update some stuff on it just like to kind of modernize it. Just don't repave the trees. Don't knock down the trees. We love the mother nature <laughs> well, over at we'll, Road America. We'll, uh, we'll see if it matters if, if the cup's not there next year. We'll see. Yeah, we'll, we'll see. But anyways, and once again, that'll do it for this edition of the lightning round on the NASCAR Weekly Podcast. And now, back to the show. As always, we have to thank our other sponsor, Forney Industries. Forney offers a full line of welding and plasma cutting machines, metalworking accessories, and more. It's for do-it-yourselfers, all the way up to professional metalworkers. Forney has everything you need for your next intense project. You can shop Forney's top-of-the-line products at forneyind.com. That's forneyind.com or at an authorized Forney dealer near you. I know for a fact several race teams in the Xfinity series use Forney products at their race shop. Uh, you can use them at your race shop as well if you have a race <laughs> shop. For, Forney supplies the tools. They don't supply the building, so a lot of space needed for a race shop, but uh, we appreciate Forney's support. Be sure to check them out. Uh, yeah, that's going to do it. What's what's next up, Darian? So uh, this next topic, uh, Jarrett, do you want to kind of, you know, get a, yeah. a segue us into this? You've been doing some more research on this. Uh, so um, uh, take it away. Yeah, yeah. I think you got the picture of, of the project. Yes. Uh, uh, you can probably uh, put that on screen. Right now? You want me to put it on there right now? Yeah, yeah. Put okay. it on right now and I can explain sure. it. So uh, this went under the radar this past weekend. I was in the media center when I saw this and I'm surprised nobody actually really reported on it. But the Fontana redesign development, uh, it's happening. It's actually moving forward at the moment. Um, and so there's there's only a few real updates to it. It's not major at the moment, um, but it was put onto um, the like California something and agriculture website, uh, like one of their official government websites. Uh, there's a bit of a new design to the track. The corners, if you notice, are a little bit wider than they were before. They're not going to be able to use the pit road that they currently have as the backstretch. Um, and that is because of the fact that the corners would just be too tight to race on without them going like 10 miles an hour. It would be bad racing. Um what it's looking like is there's going to be new warehouses and distribution facilities that are going to be built where the current backstretch and turns are at. And that's each turn. It's going to be like all the, like, as you see here, it's going to be all around the track. Uh, and then there'll be like a little concourse and different stuff behind the track. They're going to have uh grandstands that go down the backstretch and through turn one, kind of like what Martinsville used to have. Um, and just overall it's it's moving forward now i know a lot of people are upset with this um but if you didn't watch fontana races like pre-2011 like you didn't miss out on much and that's what we get i mean fontana was not universally loved like it is now uh it wasn't loved like that until like 17 18 years into its existence and unless you want bad racing from 2040 to 2041 ish like this is probably going to be the right move. Yeah, there's not really too much to say at this point, but and honestly, too, like not, from a business perspective, too. I mean, like 
you know, if you're going to take down, you know, like, you know, that massive track, you're going to have a lot more land and stuff too, and you need some ways to make money off of it. This seems like the perfect place to have, you know, more industrial complexes and that sort of thing too. And it looks like it's moving forward. It looks like so. The whole area immediately surrounding Auto Club Speedway already is kind of like an industrial. There's already yeah. a lot of industrial park. Um, I think structures. there's a there's a big set of train tracks go through there, so there's a lot of industry that carries in for like, that. Like like the like the way the broadcast team always describes like the the area every time we go back to Fontana, like oh we're in Hollywood here, Hollywood. I'm like I'm like no Fontana's no, like now. yeah you're you're, you're in the you're in the business district. Yeah, That's what you're, you're in. District, you're an hour yeah. away. Yeah, we're an hour away from Hollywood, y'all. But yeah, no to Eric's point yeah a lot of the area already seems to be like a ton of like industrial complexes already so i i don't know what to make of it like i still feel like it's years away from happening if it even does still officially go through like you know they said it was officially happening two years ago and it got hung up by you know inflated business costs pandemic whatever well we'll see i I, obviously i think fans are less excited about now than they were a year ago after the next gen actually put on a pretty good show a few months ago um but in the long run, I do think a shorter track is probably going to be the better answer rather than a big two-mile um, oval. But but we'll see. We'll see. It, it's obviously going to depend on what the renovations actually look like, what the updates do, and what how they utilize that extra space, if any of it is actually relevant to NASCAR fans and the fan experience. That's what I hope. I hope it's not just all getting sold to other people. Yeah. Because um, I know what they talked about, too, was like, you know, we, they could build stuff around it, like restaurants and different things that – kind of like what's built around the front stretch at Daytona. Um, so I'm hoping they do something like that and not just basically just give it all to other people. Um, but I, I just, I think with this, I'd love to see the current Fontana stay as long as possible. And then this be what they do because I'm a brewer. I don't want, I don't want to sit through two decades of what Fontana used to be. Yeah, because Fontana used to be so boring. You know what? I might. This is myself included. I know I'm with you guys. I love the racing we saw. You know, like we saw in February and stuff like that. But it took us years to get to that point with the next gen car and you know the track surface. You know, aging well. So once it gets repaved, y'all, we're not going to see that type of racing for another (laughs) fifteen to twenty years. We might see it from Michigan. I yeah, mean, we might Michi- be, yeah if, Michigan, that'll be our new, like, yeah, that'll be like our If new- the car translates well to Michigan and the surface will actually age soon. Yeah. <laughs> because it's been 10 years since Michigan's been repaved and it races just like it did in 2012. Um, so I'm hoping this car changes it up. I, I mean, you, like, that's, that's just my thing. It's like we could we could wait for it, but it was single file racing for the most part until around the late 2000s, early 2010s. Mm-hmm. And the, the fans didn't show up to it before, so they might as well do something they'll show up to now. I mean, yeah, I know they showed up this year, but if you look at the crowds, like the year, like for about a half a decade or so before the pandemic, it was it was not inspiring. Yeah, it kept dwindling down. And I mean, this, I mean, fans, you guys want more short tracks and stuff too. But I mean, the, the only I get, thing. I- I get like I see what Barry Boy Blast says. I get that. Like I I feel for it because if if you told me that Chicago Land is getting turned into a short track, like mm-hmm. I I it would hurt too. But I, I think with NASCAR, like where they're at with this, this is probably the best move they can have. And it would probably down the line be able to get them out there for maybe the finale or a playoff race with that track. They'll probably have less seats, it'll look better. Just it it will probably long term have better um effects than we can see right now i just think in the short term fans are probably going to be against it for a bit but i mean hey like you yeah. said darian 
more short tracks. Yeah, I'm, but also, I mean, like, now the current problem we have from the next gens is, like, now the short track racing project <laughs> doesn't look as good now. So, I mean, but... Turn it to a road like, course. I feel, like, I feel like NASCAR, they'll eventually get that figured out. I mean, if they can figure out making intermediate racing great again, then they'll be able to figure out short track racing, um, I think, a lot easier in this case. But we'll, we'll see what happens with that, for sure. Um, but, yeah, so moving on now to um, some other interesting news to talk about. Um, uh, another potential superstar veteran retirement happening soon. Uh, the next driver up on the chopping block could be Martin Truex Jr. Uh, he could retire. It seems to be, um, he seems to be on the fence about coming back or not. Um, said he should know in the coming weeks, uh, specifically the next two weeks. And this Truex quote, um, quote, uh, um, um, he was quoted in saying, I'm not done yet. Um, we'll see what hap- uh, we'll see what what next year brings also stresses that no decision has been made and this is according to Moody so uh, Danny I'll start off with you um, you know um, MTJ has been in the sport for quite some time his rookie year was 2006 hell I remember watching him the first ever year I started watching NASCAR in first grade 2004 Bush Series championship you know he was like my second favorite driver to junior growing up in those days um, but Danny we'll start off with you. Does he stay for a little bit longer, or do we see Martin Truex Jr. Re- officially retire after 2022? At this point, he's been through so much. He, he's honestly overachieved way more than I think anyone ever thought that he would throughout you know good majority of his career. People kind of thought that maybe he'd just be on the same level as like Clint Boyer, Jamie McMurray, you know, get a few wins, but. You know, from 2016 onward, he shot up like a rocket, obviously very well-deservingly won a 2017 championship. Um, about the only thing he could do in his career that he hasn't done is win a Daytona 500. Um, you know, he, he's, he's done it all. And uh, for everything he's done, uh, Miss Sherry's been by his side, and he's been through a lot of her, you know, maybe – Maybe it would be the right time to just kind of settle down, just spend more time with her, and you know, I know he likes to go fishing and all that kind of stuff. So maybe, maybe just enjoy some fishing. Yeah, I, I'm gonna say I think he does. You know, for a couple of reasons. You know, we had seen a lot of the older drivers, and especially when Denny Hamlin was on Dale Junior Download, they both talked about how. Truex in particular is one driver who just wasn't crazy about this car, wasn't really liking it that much, was taking longer to get used to it, which older driver, we should assume that's the case. Um, but with him, I mean, he's he's not said anything whatsoever that's pointed towards him coming back or if he does for it being long term. Uh, and then Danny did mention his girlfriend, Sherry, her, her cancer is back and she announced in April she's not even going to you know, have chemo treatment on this one. So I think everything's kind of lining up personal, professionally, everything like that, that I I don't think he comes back. Um, And I would say probably John Hunter Nemechek would be my pick as the person I think who would probably be taking over that 19, even if he's just a stopgap for Ty Gibbs. Um, But that's, that's kind of where I sit on it. If, if he does go, I would like for him to announce he's going to go and not be like a Carl Edwards situation where just boom, he's gone. Well, I think he's gone in like the next two weeks or so. I know I'd overheard that and he had said something similar to that. So I think he's, he's, he's one of those guys that I think 
deserves to have a big built-up send-off like a Jimmy, like a Jeff Gordon, like a Dale Jr. He deserves a built-up send-off, I think. He's not the kind of driver, I feel like, who would want that, but I agree he deserves at least some sort of thing towards the end of the year to honor um, to honor his, him and his career. I was hoping to have a different opinion than you guys on this one, but nah, I, I agree. If I were to, a bet man right now, we'll find out hopefully in a couple of weeks, but I think he ends up retiring um, for many of the reasons you all just said. He, he cited this weekend that it's primarily personal as opposed to like, you know, money reasons. It's not that he's not getting a good contract or he doesn't have sponsorship or something. It's there are other life factors beyond racing that are calling him that are um, things that he's, he's weighing way more heavily in this case. And I think a lot of that has to be uh, Sherry Pollock's and um, uh, his relationship with her, of course. So uh, I think that's number one reason. And then you listen to what he said in the last couple of weeks, if he's talking this openly about how unsure he is, if he's going to come back, it sounds like he already has one foot out. And, you know, he even said on that Dave Moody radio parents that um, he doesn't like to half-ass anything. He goes a hundred percent. And it sounds like right now in 2022, he is not 100% focused on racing. So I, I think there's a really good chance. This is his final, um, his final stab at it. This is his final run at that second championship and he'll be in contention all year. I think once he makes the announcement, presumably in the next couple of weeks, um, that will sort of clear some headspace, hopefully. And I think he'll be able to focus in on a, a deep playoff run this year and might actually nab that first win. If he doesn't nab it this weekend at Sonoma, I think, you know, he'll be able to focus in and lock in a little bit, a little bit better for the remainder of his final season. Yes. Spencer Smith in the chat just mentioned this. I mean, he had just approached uh, 600 career cup stars. I was yeah, like, wow. Yeah. Like, oh, yeah. He's been in the cup series for that long. I mean, at this point, yeah, nothing left to prove. Champion, for, multiple time winner and stuff. And For for those who don't know, NASCAR is not all that uh, – NASCAR is not the only thing that Martin Truex has. I mean, he comes from a family of commercial fishermen. If he really wanted something to do for the rest of his career after, you know – making sure that Sherry's okay. I mean, he could very easily go back into the family business. Yeah, he could do that stuff. So, um, future Hall of Famer, of course. Um, sure. Um, I would say maybe like, you know, it'll be like, he'll, you know, feel a lot better if he gets the news out, you know, sooner rather than later, because then he can just focus on the rest of the season. Well, I think it's, it's not even just getting the news out there. It's, I think he has to come to that decision. I think right now, if you ask Martin Truex Jr. right now, Hey, are you coming back next year? I think he would yet. tell you, I don't know. Okay. Yeah. So he needs to have that sort of epiphany. He needs to have that moment and, you know, making it public will be one thing, but I think he just needs to come to terms with it himself. And that's what will give him that piece and allow All him right. to focus on potentially his last season yeah well we'll see how that um how that story unfolds um but like uh it says in the itinerary two more weeks and uh we should be uh hear something uh, regarding mtj's future but no matter what happens without a doubt a future hall of famer but okay let's move on to this weekend's race the uh upcoming uh preview the sonoma preview uh once again they will be using the uh, two mile layout again. Uh, so um, it's called the kink, right? Or no, not the kink. Shoot. I'm sorry. The, the shoot. The shoot. No, the shoot. No, you're thinking of Road America. Yeah, yeah. I was thinking of Road America. I thinking of slap. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I was thinking of slap for a moment. Yeah, shout out to slap shoes. But yeah, but yeah, the shoot makes its return. When is the last race they ran with this configuration? 2019, right? Because they didn't race here in 2020. Mm-mm. I think it was 2019. Yeah, they've had two races on this configuration, I think. So, so, I think. so yeah, the, the carousel was that bad, huh? <laughs> yeah, I, I I never I was always a fan of the shoot layout. Yeah, I think I've yeah. said every every time we talked about Sonoma. That's that's what you think of when you think of Sonoma. You think of that layout. I I think of that shot where you have a ninety degree angle 
wall of <laughs> tires and people barely missing it. Okay, everyone That's in the chat is saying 2018, so it's 2018. But but yeah, no, it's great to have uh, the shoot uh, make its return, and it's it'll be great to see that camera angle again. I always grew up loving that camera angle uh, ever since watching it. Um, but yeah, so, so this weekend, the Truck Series makes its uh, return for the first time since, I want to say, like, either the 90s or the early 2000s. Basically, it's been a while since the Truck Series has raced at Sonoma. Uh, the Truck Series race for this weekend will be called the DoorDash 250. 75 laps total uh, begins at 7.30 p.m. Eastern Time on FS1, and you can listen to it on PRN Radio. Um, uh, the weather will be, um, uh, um, uh, excuse me, uh, the race takes place on a Saturday. The weather is looking to be well, very hot and breezy, uh, 96 degrees with only a 5% chance of rain and defending winner. There is none. The first time they're back at that the uh, truck series is racing at that track in years. And then as for the cup series race, the Toyota Save Mart 350, 110 laps in total, uh, begins at 4 p.m. Eastern time on FS1 and PRN. And um, some of you fans can rejoice as far as the TV side of things uh, because this will be the last Fox Sports race of the year. So some of y'all can celebrate. Now we can complain about NBC. Yeah, for we can complain about NBC and the race. Oh, on Crash! And the race is on <laughs> USA Network. So we'll... We'll see how that goes, how that transition goes. But uh, the last race on for Fox Sports on Sunday takes place. Um, well, on Sunday takes place on Sunday. I just said it. The race is on Sunday. Let's just put it that way. And um, it'll be a lot cooler with only a twenty five percent chance of rain and seventy seven degrees. Uh, the defending race winner uh, from last year is Kyle Larson, and Tony Stewart will make his return to the booth. Um, so really quick before we get, in, get into the picks, let's go over the betting odds on the NASCAR Weekly Podcast. Uh, the favorites entering this weekend, Chase Elliott enters this weekend at plus 550 to win. Uh, Kyle Larson in second at plus 650. Uh, Martin Truex Jr. plus 900. Kyle Busch plus 1,000. And Ross Chastain plus 1,200. As for the best of the rest, Danny Hamlin also plus 1,200. AJ Allmendinger also plus 1,200. And Ryan Blaney plus 1,400. And as for the famous underdogs... Uh, Daniel Suarez plus twenty five hundred, William Byron plus three thousand, Eric Jones plus three thousand, Kevin Harvick plus five thousand, and my personal favorite, Michael McDowell is plus ten thousand. I mean, he has some, he has a pretty good resume on road courses. So I'm just saying, if you want a pretty decent long shot, I think man, take, take the risk. Take the risk. Why not? And uh, going over the top five for the NASCAR, uh, the NASCAR Weekly Podcast Fantasy League. Uh, right now, Toyota Tough has just a five-point lead over Trevor Sports 98. Oh, and also a five-point lead over 48 Nation. So the top three are separated by just five points. So it is getting really close in the fantasy picks this year, um, or in the uh, fantasy league this year. And then in fourth is UGR2, and rounding out the top five is RGP Racing 2. Yes. Nice. And the pick points. Yeah, so the pick points. Eric Estep, you are having a spectacular season. You and um, the chat. Yeah, the chat's catching up, unfortunately. Yeah, I don't um, know if this isn't So right now, cool. as it stands right now, you have 269 nice points in total. Um, and the chat is uh, just five points back. So chat, you're flirting with them there. You're, you're very close. But then in the meantime... I'm in the middle of no man's land right now. I mean, yes, I'm sitting P3, but I'm minus 32. And then in fourth and fifth, it's a close uh, run for the basement. Um, Jarrett is minus 60, followed by Danny B, minus 61. So, I mean, back, I'm, I'm in back the in the basement. 
Back yeah. in the basement. Just barely, though, Danny. Just barely. Hey, if he um, Jared has a bad weekend, then hey, boom. Which is likely. Yeah. <laughs> Based on the trends this year, then uh, you'll be able to trade spots in no time. But yeah, so hey, uh, choose wisely this weekend. There's only two races. So uh, hey, at the end of the day, every point counts. So let's get started with the picks for the truck series. I have a feeling I already know everybody's pick for this one. So Eric, you, you're the points leader. You go first. Who is going to win the Truck Series race at Sonoma? So it's important to mention, just for context, and I hope I don't spoil anyone's pick in this, but there are a few Cup Series drivers racing. Obviously, Kyle Busch is in the 51. Um, Chastain is in the 41. Uh, I'm just scrolling to remind myself. Harrison Burton is in the 17. Austin Dillon, I believe, yes, is in the 20. Um, And Bowman, Alex Bowman, is in the 7. So um, I, I actually didn't even know that. I didn't say any announcement about the oh, wow. Danny changing his picks real time. Uh, <laughs> man, this is a tough one because Kyle Bush has not had the best luck running trucks this year, but I think a road course, and I feel like I've said this about a lot of tracks this year, but a road course, this is one where driver skill matters a lot. And Kyle Bush has made laps on this Sonoma layout for years. I think Kyle Busch wins it. I'm just I'm going to go with the safe pick. Yeah, I was about to go with the safe pick as well. Uh, Kyle Busch for me, KFB. Same. <laughs> I don't get to be biased at a, at a truck series race that much. I'll go up to seven. <laughs> we knew it. I we knew, knew it. it. Wait, the seventh uh, Alex hey, Bowman, correct? Hey, I'll take a sw- I'll take a swing. If I'm the only one, I'll take a swing. Mm-hmm. <sighs> hey, might as well. Might as well. But yeah, it the looks like does, yeah. So. Yeah, it looks like hot hey, hey, last truck series road course race with these two, it got very interesting between it those did. two. So, so we'll see. Yeah. So I mean, hey, none of these picks are a shoe in, but hey, we'll see what happens. But yeah, the chat, yeah, give them KFB as well. Um, so everybody except Danny B going with Kyle Bush. Um, I mean, can, I mean, can you blame me? <laughs> so now, uh, who's gonna suck for in the NASCAR Cup Series race at Sonoma? Eric, who's gonna suck? Uh, I'll go with uh, an old favorite. I'll pick Eric Almarola. So I am going to go with, well, I was also going to pick him, Eric Almarola as well. Yes, he's coming off a third place finish, but to Jared's earlier point, where's the consistency? There just isn't any consistency. I need to see a little bit more. If he comes out of here with a decent run, I'll be very surprised. But based on on the uh, the trends this season, it's looking to be a bad one. Eric Almarola. Uh, so we're going back to this old layout and this driver has not been great at this layout. He's, I think the most famous thing that really happened to him on this layout is the fact that his hood, uh, completely came up in 2010 over his windshield. So I'm going to go one number above you guys and pick Denny Hamlin as my cup suck pick. Uh, it looks like I'm going to agree into a lot of the chat. I'm saying Kevin Harvick for suck pick this week. Hey, oh, chat. Whoa! Oh, yeah. it's, a, it's the same guy. It's the same. It's guy. mainly one guy. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, it's more than one guy. Uh, is it? Uh, well, it's a couple oh, of guys. Oh, oh, okay, it is mainly one guy, but I've seen a lot more than okay. him. There's a yes. few new ones coming in here. Yeah, man, Derek does not like. He Kevin does not Harvick. like Kevin Harvick at all. Yeah. No. We got one that says creative name. <laughs> I think. Oh my god! I know there's others that are doing Kevin Harvick, but. It's a lot of cold custard. Yeah, of course. <laughs> Wait, who's who's next? Uh, who's who's next for the uh, the suck picks again? Who's next? The chat. Oh, okay, the chat is alright. And it, it, it I mean, there is a lot. There is a lot more Harvick. Yeah, now. let's just give him Harvick. It's Harvick. Yeah, I might as well give him. All right. This is the first time they pick Harvick to suck all year. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, first time for everything. 
Okay. And and Hayes won here before, I think. Mm-hmm. He has. Yep. Twenty seventeen. This isn't his home track, but he is a California driver, mm-hmm. so. Yeah, Bakersfield, California. No. I just think it's more. Is like, this a home track for him? Maybe it is. Where's Bakersfield at? I don't even know. Is it close to? I don't know if it's close to. I, I I just I just think the pick for him to suck is more based on where the team is at this mm-hmm. year, not really him. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty much. All right. So dark horse picks. Eric, who is your underdog for this weekend? Daniel Suarez. Um, his Sonoma numbers are iffy. I think I looked him up earlier. I think he's like never finished worse than like 15th or 16th, but I don't think he's ever gotten a top 10 either at this track. So they're like, fine, they're not bad. Um, but he's been good at some road courses like Watkins Glen. Uh, he's had a couple top fives that in his career. He led the first 15 laps at Coda, sat on the pole, led the first 15 laps at Coda, and won that stage. I, I think Suarez will be a threat this weekend. So I'll put him as my underdog. Hmm. I'm going to go. I'm going to go with, oh, I just lost my train of thought. <laughs> I just lost it for a moment. I'm thinking of like two or three different guys right now. Um, I'm going to go with the 43 of Eric Jones. Um, hey, he's flirting with the playoffs right now. He's right there on the cut line. I uh, feel like he'll have a, a surprise run in a good way. So Eric Jones and that 43 team. Well, uh, I'm going to agree with Eric as well with Daniel Suarez, and I'm doing this simply because of Coda. So, I think for what it is for this car, I don't know. I think Joey Hand driving a 15 mm. might be a decent underdog. And this is kind of his hometown track. He's from Sacramento, California. Oh. I like the shout-out. That's good. Yeah, Sacramento. The Kings suck, but he doesn't, apparently. He must be really good. So, yeah. Uh, so it looks like I'm seeing a lot of, uh, well, I saw a few uh, Austin Cendricks. There's a lot of Cendricks, actually, because there's people oh, who are putting Cendric, yeah. but it might just be the same people. I just keep seeing pink profiles, and I'm like, oh, oh there's I'm spam seeing, ones. I'm seeing a few different people but, putting two. I'm seeing Michael McDowell's. Jam well. play, plays games as pick three different people, and I can see them all <laughs> on my screen at the same time. <laughs> He's just keeping it fun for us. But or maybe two different. I don't know. He picked multiple people. Yeah, I, I don't. I'm just going to give him Cendric. I'm seeing a lot more, too. Sounds good. It's means, not you can't, for, means they can't pick him as yeah, their win pick, Yeah, you can't though. pick him for the win. But, yeah, so we'll see who they pick. But speaking of winners, who's going to win? Who's going to win at Sonoma this weekend? Eric? Hope we don't all. Leader. Yeah. I hope we don't all pick no the pressure. same person. I'm going to put some pressure on you guys. He's winless this year, but he's won thrice at Sonoma. He's got an old familiar voice, not on the pit box. And I said, maybe they have a seat for the engineer on the pit box. I guess they do. He may not be on the radio, but Martin Truex Jr. reunited with Cole Pern amidst all the uncertainty about his future. He gets his fourth career win at Sonoma. I was just about to say that as well. Martin Truex Jr. I'm going to pick him as well. Look, I know it's the next gen. You know, we've seen different guys, you know, step up to the plate at different tracks. But, hey, look, Martin Trex Jr. and Sonoma, hey, based on history, man, I feel like, look, you know, no matter what car we're in, I feel like he gets the job done there wherever, uh, uh, for whatever team or whatever car he's driving in. So, Martin Trex Jr., I'm with you, Eric. Man, we are going all Toyota this weekend. But I'm not going to pick. I, ha- well, I can't pick the 11. I'm not going to pick not? the truck winner. Because he's my suck pick. <laughs> oh, oh yeah. yeah, rules are rules. I, I'm not picking the truck winner. Oh, man. I'm not picking the same as y'all. Oh, thank goodness. I'm picking Christopher Bell. Oh, I like Bell. it. I, think I like Bell it. gets it this weekend. That's yeah, a good pick. Swinging for the fences, yeah. Nice. This is the road course he has the most starts on yet, but I win. Chase Elliott, I'll take him. Mm-hmm. Ooh, that's a good pick that's as well. One. I like mm-hmm. it. I like that's it, yeah. 
Yeah, he's not as dominant on Sonoma as people think. He, he, he has had a lot of third and second place mm-hmm. runs there, but he hasn't got the win figured out there. I think going back to this configuration might suit well for him. Yeah. Uh, oh, I'm seeing some dingers in the chat. Um, Chat's everywhere right now. Yeah, uh, I'll have a poll ready. Um, uh, it's probably... There, there, were, there were some bells in there. Um, there were some true X's. Yeah. So There's what, still what some Cindrix, even though they can't pick Cindrix. <laughs> so what are we looking at? The 20, the 19, and, and... the 16, I okay. think. 16. I see a lot of almond dingers. I think he's going to win, but yeah, I should probably put a poll Family on. Family fun. All right, I'll make sure to put... I'm going to put a poll Yeah, we can, let, we, we can let that fly through the so, super, last Super Chats. What were the options? The uh, 16, 19, and 20. Okay, 16... 19 and 20. And the 9. Oh. I'll put the 9 in there. And the, Okay. Hold on. <laughs> Do that again. Yeah, originally I was wanting to go with Truex too, but I was like, well, I didn't want it to be the same truck pick, and I didn't want to be the same cup pick, so. All right. All right, so the poll is about to be up in 3, 2, 1. There you guys go. So while you guys vote on that poll, I will get through the rest of these Super Chats. And once again, thank you guys so much for contributing to this edition of the NASCAR Weekly Podcast tonight. Uh, let me see if I can find the place that I left off at. Uh, yes, here it is. It's, it's going in the direction of uh, AJ so far. Oh, it is. Oh, wow. Interesting. Yep, we'll see what it's like after yeah, I Portland went convinced him. Yeah, <laughs> it only takes one. Isaac with the two-hour super chat. Thanks, man. It's official. Martinsville 2020 broke Harvick. Yeah, in a way. And yeah, you can also make the case it kind of broke Stuart Haas Racing as well. Uh, Jake with the two-hour super chat. Thanks, man. Thoughts on Kevin Conway. Uh, he's the extent <laughs> guy. NASCAR bust Kevin Conway coming soon. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Uh, That's oh, going to be a long oh, one. I, I just realized that. No pun intended on the bus part. You know, yeah, that'll be a really yeah. long one. <laughs> Darian, things will be hard to make. JK Ryder175. Thanks so much for the 10 hour chamber chat. Uh, Smoking Joe and the Candyman battling was an epic finish. Uh, 22. Smoking Joe. <laughs> Joey Logano. Smoking Joe. 22 and 22. Chase Elliott still sucks. HMS fan base is toxic. <laughs> Damn! Wow, this dude's going after everyone. Yeah, he is. Hey, he set the ten dollars super chat, so he just wanted to get it. He wanted to get his turn out, I guess. So, just just come out swinging, why don't you? JS uh, Ski, thank you so much for the five dollars super chat. If all three were looking for teams, would you rather give JJ Yelly, Reed Sorensen, or Brian Scott a second chance at a top ride? Reed Sorensen, Reed Sorensen, I'd give the second chance easy. Like, do we get them right now, or can we go back to when they're no, in their No, no, right now, right now, right now. How old's Reed Sorensen? Like 35 ish? He, he, he's up there. Uh, uh, he was okay. a rookie in 2006. Let's put it 20 in 2006. Who are so you? Yeah, he's like 35 ish, probably. Reed, JJ, and uh, Brian Scott. I think I, it's Reed or JJ. I'd probably go. I'd probably go Reed as well. I missed the days he was I'm, in the Target car. I'm the weird one who actually say Brian Scott, but oh goodness. <laughs> he, hey, hey, he finished second at Talladega. Hey, never forget. We got go enough JJ cautions Yaley. these days. <laughs> I go with JJ Yaley because in 2007, people forget he actually was like in the midst of the chase hunt for the first half of the regular season. Yeah, he, he, he just was not ready for that car yet. No, yeah, he yeah. he got rushed up and that ruined his career. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, hot piss with the two hours super chat. Uh, once more, uh, Portland race. Uh, or yeah, I mean, he messed that up. One more Portland race. Uh, then back to Mid Ohio, please. Yeah, yeah. I low key miss Mid Ohio a little bit too. 
uh, uh, Melon uh, um, uh, Smasher 1, thank you so much for the $20 super chat. It's been a few weeks, and I need to bring it back. Uh, this one's for you, Eric. Ratatouille is overrated. Also, great overrated finish, and congrats to Joey Logano on having more wins than Elliot and Larson I don't, this year. I don't think the finish was overrated. Uh, they had like two or three passes for the lead in the final overtime. They were Super throwing Chat sliders said. at each he said, other. He, it says great over great overrated finish. So mm. no, that's an oxymoron. Yeah, what yeah. I, I was kind of, I was kind of like, uh, I was like, well, exactly. it's, like, right. it's like, it's like he enjoyed it but hated it. He enjoyed it. Yeah. He thinks that Ratatouille is overrated. So I don't know. <laughs> I know he said a Super Chat. His opinion is is irrelevant. <laughs> so, <laughs> so this name has a dollar sign in it but it says uh shardy pgm thank you so much for the two 22 super chat i see what you did there we have a logano fan my twin plus i have been happy hashtag year of the jolo oh, we got we got smoking joey logano yeah. we got jolo i yeah, like it jolo. yeah i didn't know joey logano had all these nicknames did y'all know i've never i've he never heard anyone call him smoking <laughs> I, joe he doesn't. I think that's so funny <laughs> I've, I've i've seen someone who made these like photos where they just make everyone look weird and they changed up like the the commentary names when everyone's in the booth and they just made them say joe log that was his name joe log <laughs> joe log slay supersonic thank you so much for the 20 slash two cent super chat justin mark's comments uh, comments about both uh the hamlin and elliot incident surprised me it seems as if track house recent success is getting to his head whoa, whoa uh oh he needs to be humbled Oh no, he is acting like he's won a championship already. Well, I mean, what else is he is he supposed to say? They're running up front. He's gonna be confident. No, he's supposed yeah. to go. He's supposed to go on MRN and go. See, eh, my driver sucks. See, I think not- my problem is he keeps talking. Like, is he went on the radio yesterday and was like, "Hey, if Hamlin wants to go back and forth, we'll have fun." I think that's. I don't think that's productive. I think he's that asking is. for trouble. It's entertaining so, for us. I, I mean, hey, if he keeps poking the bear, maybe he'd be like, uh, "Hey, I got Project Ninety One. I'm gonna See, hop in." This super chat. That to me kind of sounded like some of the younger people from NBA Twitter because whenever like a player celebrates or whatever, they're like, "Oh, Michael Jordan or or, or LeBron would never," you know what I mean? Like, they oh, need he to be needs humbled. to be humbled. Yeah, yeah, that's the saying too. Like, yeah, he needs I to don't be know humbled. if I'd go that far, but yeah. I, I do, I do, I don't think his comments <laughs> are helping. And actually, I, I know you're reading a super chat, Darren, but he actually just sent another one from Sly Supersonic on Where? the same note. What does it say? Uh, I can't help but feel like Justin Marks will be humbled in the playoffs. He seemed way too cocky after Gateway. Hey, Arrogance might... destroys the footholds of victory. Hey, hey, he might be. Hey, he might have a point. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, he might be I, able I, to I, overcock. I, I think he's taken on a bold strategy, continually continually poking Denny yeah, Hamlin, like just, saying, oh, you're not going to do anything. You're not going to do uh, anything. Uh, just, what, hey, wait until he does. Hey, what if he wait. does? Yeah, just I, I mean – I mean, hey, you know, Justin Marks has two cars. What's the what's not to say that if uh, the one gets messed with the ninety nine, won't be told to do something back? Yeah. Uh, does that is that really something a team owner wants to get into? Though I heard these cars were expensive. I heard there's a part shortage. <laughs> That's not enough. Not enough for egos. <laughs> right. Uh, by, by the way, it looks like AJ Allmendinger is a chance pick. Okay. Yeah. Right. So I'll just end it. I'll just end it for that. But yeah, AJ Allmendinger is the chat pick. So yeah. We'll see what happens. Uh, Trevor Bailey, thank you so much for the two-hour super chat. I'm going to make a Darian Just Jinxes shirt. Oh, yes. And send one to me as well whenever. Yeah, I would love to wear that. Uh, Chips Never, 957 with the five-hour super chat. Um, Overtime, but shout out to Will Power for getting redemption for last year's heartbreak. IndyCar can put on some great strategy races. Also, 
R.I.P. to um, Be- uh, Be- Isle? Bell's Isle. Bell's Isle. Bell Isle. Bell Isle. Okay, okay. Bell Isle. Where where IndyCar raced? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Detroit. It's basically, yeah, yeah, but it was like the last race on that Detroit um, configuration, basically. Oh, yeah. Yeah. What, what, what is the, the thing? Detroit can't have... <laughs> Detroit is next. <laughs> and everything. JC1424. JC1424, thank you so much for the $5 super chat. Let me just say, I got... Um, effing a, I got an effing problem with Lionel. Uh, oh, oh, mm, I can't say that. I can't say that, buddy. I can't say that. Sorry. <laughs> oh, I smoked a little too soon there. Uh, sorry. I didn't know what he was saying there for a moment, but you know, let's yeah, yeah. We'll just leave it at that. Thank you for the five bucks. Next super it. chat. Yeah, appreciate it, bro. Uh, Jared Sanders, thank you so much for the two dollars super chat. Um, does uh does the B and Danny B stand for bird? Does it? It, it did earlier, apparently. <laughs> Bird. Bird. I heard they're they're eerily silent now. Did Shugs get them? Yeah, I guess. So. <laughs> I I I think I think the cat out there. Actually, I realized what it was is that Shugs likes to come into my office and look out the window, so I keep it like open for him, so he can look out there properly. And then I just realized that the window was still open, so that's why we we're hearing all the birds. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's funny. Jake Alcorn with the ten dollars super chat. Appreciate y'all's uh, contributions to making great content for us race race fans. Well, thank you. Uh, starting to warm Thanks. up to the idea of only going to tracks. Uh, once a year, other than a couple thoughts. Uh, by the way, um, Iceberg wins uh, best diecast of the night. Hey. hey, you know, go to as many races as you want to and stuff too. You know, me personally, I found you know, hey, look, I don't, I you know, I want to go to multiple races um over the course of a year, but like, I I I want to find that I, I want to find that um that um that good balance if that makes sense. You know, it's it's more like my wife and I were talking about this today. It's more like how many markets can we get it in front of? I think that's what that's what it really comes down to. And, you know, I think, you know, if I have to choose to go to Darlington or Atlanta, I'm more likely to only go once a year, not really twice yeah. a year. So it's more like if I'm only going to go once a year, you know, maybe that's all it needs. Mm-hmm. Especially with gas prices now. There's a lot of races I had to personally cut out this year, too. Yeah. So yeah, it's unfortunate, but it is what it is. Uh, Nova Stone twelve, thank you so much for the two hour super chat. I'm almost done with super chats, by the way. Uh, keep Auto Club uh, the same. Uh, or uh, excuse me, I read that wrong. Uh, keep Auto Club same. Only track similar is Michigan. Uh, well, it looks like it might be going in a different direction, but at least you'll have Michigan, so at least you'll have that type of track. Uh, Scott McNew with the 10-hour Super Chat. Great to see you guys. Hope all is well. My opinion, I would be bummed, but at the same time, I would understand Truex is going to retire after this season. Yeah, yeah, we'll see what happens. We'll see what happens with that situation. Uh, Andy, J, Andy J, thank you so much for the $5 Super Chat. Uh, says nothing, just five bucks. Really appreciate it. Uh, Napa Racing Fan 927 with another two-hour super chat. I, w- I want Chicagoland. Don't uh, don't replace Road America. Yeah. And then Slay Supersonic with... Oh, okay, we already read yours earlier. <laughs> Talking about how Justin Marks needed to be humbled and stuff. Yeah, so appreciate that. Hey, side note, just because uh, I noticed this uh, movement asked, are any of y'all going to Road America this year? Yes. I will yes. be, and I think yeah. most of us will be, right? Yeah, I'll be there. Yeah. I yeah. will not this year. Oh, okay, damn. so three-fourths of us will be at at Road America. Yes, uh, and then Napa Racing Fan 927 with another two-hour super chat. Uh, what can Fox do to improve next year? Remove Boyer? Uh, yes. Uh, 
I was about to, I was about to cut him a little slack. I mean, I thought Boyer hey, improved a we, little bit. But. We didn't say anything about this, but me and Jarrett, we went into the media center where we could actually listen to the broadcast during stage two. I don't know. Maybe it's just me. I liked Kenny Wallace more. I liked Clint Boyer. Uh, I want I want to admit I was wrong last week mm-hmm. when you guys said that Kenny Wallace was going to be in the booth. I about had an aneurysm over here. Well, and, him and, he, and Michael Waltrip in the booth. Yeah, really, yeah. it was the two of them at the same time. But I'll admit they were pretty good, and I think they were helped by the goofy stuff going on on track while they were in the booth. Yeah. That was really yeah. when, the, when the Chastain <laughs> Hamlin thing took hold, and I think it played to their strengths. But yeah, no, Kenny Wallace was way better than I thought he'd be. So yeah, I, I do want to admit I was wrong. I think I think he actually. Kenny Wallace actually handled the racing seriously. He, he had some like insightful things to say about how he's raced because he's raced at Gateway a ton over the years about how he's attacked the track. Um, he gave St. Louis, the city, a lot of love because that's I guess that's, that's where, where he's from. Now. That's where he's from. Yeah. So, he, you know, I just thought in general he was for one stage. That was perfect. This, this sounds weird, but I think if I could actually just set a Fox lineup, it would actually be Mike Joy, Jamie McMurray and Kenny Wallace. That's how I felt. Yeah, that seems like a perfect lineup. Yeah. Hey, I would love to see Kenny Wallace more in the booth. Hey? We'll I want Mike in the max. I just know we said good things about Boyer his first couple times in the booth. Uh, I just, look what happened. Yeah. Give yeah, me Mike but... in the max. <laughs> we'll see what the happens. Max. <laughs> um, and the uh, the last super chat of the night is from Miss Craft. Thank you so much for the five dollar super chat uh, to end off tonight's edition of the podcast. It says, "Lads, this is very important." Dot dot dot. Do you prefer cubed or crushed ice? Ooh, we're asking the important question. Uh, cubed. I prefer cubed ice personally. If I'm going to my my fridge at my house, cubed ice. But if I'm in a restaurant, I want it to be that very fine crushed up ice. I do like crushed ice. I kind of agree with Danny on that though. <laughs> Melted. Melted. <laughs> it's not like ice at all. What, what, no what does ice. that mean? No, I, I like cubes, but I'll go cube all the way. I like. I'll be real. I like getting ice cubes and just crushing them and like when I bite them. Oh, they're fun. So. Okay. You know what I so, love more than anything is when you're on an airplane and they give they bring you that like little tiny mm-hmm. plastic cup and they give you like a little diet mm-hmm. coke or something in there. I don't give a I don't care about the drink. I just love crunching on the yeah, ice when yeah, you're up at yeah. like yeah. thirty five thousand feet. It feels so good. Enjoy to like eight ounces of coca-cola and then yeah. you just have ice the rest it's of the trip and you, you have the to drink, sound of the crush you have to drink the coca-cola like really fast otherwise the ice hey, just like water who's, who's the one who says ratatouille is overrated i hey i, I never said it was bad <laughs> you said it was overrated i heard that I, yeah, I stand by it me, me, and, me and claudia watched a movie on disney plus i was this close to turning on ratatouille but i chose incredibles 2 instead last night uh, you know oh, fair that's a mistake that's fair. I, Incredibles two not as good as the first one, but that's still that's that's not that's, yeah. that's okay. It's right. okay so in my mind. I spoke to Ratatouille soon. is better. I spoke too soon. Yes. One final super chat, Blue Jimmy forty eight fan. Thank you so much for the two dollars super chat. All this bird talk got me like, and it's just like a and a couple of eyes and. Well, he's uh, got the lips. Angry Birds uh, profile picture, right? Oh yeah. Okay, it makes sense. Yeah. Okay, yeah. Click there. Okay. I'll be like King something. Shark in the chat. <laughs> bird. But anyways, that'll do it for Super Chats. Thank you so much, man. And really, that'll do it for this edition of the NASCAR Weekly Podcast. Tune in uh, next week once again on Wednesday night, June 15th at 8 p.m. Eastern Time. Next week, we are over on the one and only Eric Estep's channel. And we'll go over all of the events from the Sonoma weekend and more. You, you got one last Super all Chat. Right, one last Super Chat. Melon Smasher won. Thank you so much again for the $5 Super Chat. I meant overtime finish, but because Eric doesn't accept that Ratatouille is overrated, 
it auto-corrected. Oh, okay. 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 Uh, so they meant it was a great finish. Okay, All right, okay. That makes sense. Okay. Thank this you. is what happens. I'm sorry. I'm sorry you had to pay another five bucks to clarify that, though. I, <laughs> that, that's not my intentions. I promise. But it's, it we would have figured it out, but we appreciate the support. Can, can, can you edit a super chat? I don't know. I don't know. No. You can't. I don't think that is. Pay it. Pay extra to unlock editing. Yeah, <laughs> I wouldn't put it past YouTube. Yeah, I wouldn't put it past them. But yeah, but anyways, yeah. Tune in next week, June fifteenth. We Mr. may Ryan. have a guest. Yes. I we're working on it. We're working on getting Bailey Curry, uh, Xfinity mm-hmm. Series driver, on for that episode. Um, but we're gonna figure that out for sure. So yeah, we'll see. Plan that. I'm by saying it out loud, it might pressure him into actually you know, Get replying him. to my text. Yeah. Get him in the ghost makeup. <laughs> yeah. Oh, no, gosh. That again. Ka- ka- yeah. ka- kind of a little easier when uh, it's an off wake and no one's got anything to do oh yeah, yeah <laughs> that's true to talk about but yeah so yeah fun little srx fun tonight. oh yeah srx returns yes srx yeah, we got that to talk about oh, so so, so yeah we will still have truck picks for knoxville next week mm-hmm. and for the fun of it we'll do srx picks oh yeah those Woo-hoo. will be worth some points that'll be cool if you win yeah it, oh yeah, yeah. If you win, of course. uh a, a bonus point if you get the winner so nice but uh, but yeah. So uh, we don't have anything else. Uh, this was a hell of a good show. Um, uh, Eric, get the Dale call ready, please, and uh, do the same thing you did last week because it didn't cut out the mic or whatever. I just didn't blow into it. I just pressed yeah. the button. <laughs> I didn't blow the mic. There you go. All right, all right. Should, should we just do that? Or... Yeah. <laughs> it's it's so easy. <laughs> Anyways, thank you guys I, I, so much for watching this edition of the NASCAR Weekly Podcast. This is Black Flags Matter. Catch you next time. Goodbye. I apologize to all of our listeners. Bye. Drink a green. Holy moly. Thank God. Yeah. This guy. Thank you. Yeah. Hell yeah. Great job, man. Now we got a crash. Car spinning left and right. Ready? Run around. Right, right, hell, baby. Come on. Oh, my God, guys. Yes. Yes. Unbelievable. You guys are the best. Yes, 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 yes. Oh, what a year. Eric Estep here. This episode is brought to you by Forney Industries. Get it done with green. Forney offers a full line of welding and plasma cutting machines, metalworking accessories, and more. For do-it-yourselfers all the way to professional metalworkers, Forney has everything you need for your next project. Shop Forney's top-of-the-line products at forneyind.com. That's Forney, F-O-R-N-E-Y, ind, I-N-D.com, or at an authorized Forney dealer near you.